Hello again, Jasmine. Hello again. Can you hear me okay? I can. I turned my Wi-Fi off, so I, ain't, I don't want no distractions. Okay. Oh, matter of <laughs> fact, let me go ahead and put this on. Do not disturb. I got that on, too. All right. There we go. Hey, I've been through, I've been looking forward to this all day. <laughs> really? I could not. I I've been uh, at work. Then I uh, when I left work, I went to go cut hair. I ain't never cut hair so fast in my life. Oh my gosh, I can't. How is that going? I remember. Uh, I think when I met you, you were in the process of going to um, get your license to cut hair. How's that been going for you? So I finished. I ended up finishing school in uh, 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, but then my eyes got really bad. I lost sixty um, percent of my vision at one point. Mm. Um, but I got it back. I got um, a majority of it back now. I think I'm at like ninety seven percent. Amen. God. And so, so now um, I'm I'm about to go up there and pay for. Uh, the test again so I can go to state board and, and get it done. Awesome. I might not I'm not gonna work as a barber, but I'll I I gotta finish what I started. Right. That was the whole point you you know. And dreams change as we change. So something you started out with it may not be, you know, the end goal, but yeah. Right. Cause you know I graduate well you don't know, but I graduated from uh, ECPI in May. For IT. This upcoming May? Uh-huh. Well, congratulations in advance. Thank you. So excited. I've been I've been I've been uh busting my behind. Uh-oh. So uh okay, I'm in the um the group chat and I think his name is pronounced Ramin. I'm not sure I might be saying it wrong. That he uh-huh. said that he's getting an error message. Something went wrong when trying to join this recording. Is it, I don't, I've never used this. I've never done Anchor on um, this way before. Is uh-huh. it set to where you can only do one person at a time can join? No, it's, it's, it should be multiple. Let me see. Let me try, I'm going to try to send him another link. Yeah, another one. Um... Yeah, no, the one I'm getting, if I click it on my phone, the link comes up directly for me. So I don't know. It didn't say I couldn't have um, more than uh, more than one. I wonder if, let me see. Are you, hold on. Are you clicking, click, clicking directly? on the link because anchor is set up for both um android and apple users right mm-hmm. it should be Mm-hmm. 
should have grabbed my water. I don't feel like going back downstairs, so we'll have to do without. Then I, after I type my name, I try to choose my audio that everyone just pops up. The audio, hold on, let me go back to the link because it should be either you have to allow it to use your microphone. Um, let me see because I know you have to grant permissions. Uh, okay, let me see if I can join from this one. Hold on, done. Oh, yes, thinking on my end, too. Ain't letting you do it? I'm trying to join from my phone because I'm on. Oh, there oh, he, he is. There he is. You guys hear me okay? Yes. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear us okay? Uh yes I can. I'm trying to get this to come. Uh, so this is is this just audio? Um. Oh, she just uh, jumped out. I think I might have could have done uh, did video, but um, I don't know. Do you want me to try? You want me to try video? I can. Uh, let's. Okay. That's what that must have been what happened the last time. Can you hear me? Okay, yeah, there we go. That's what happened the last time. It I gotta keep my I gotta figure out how to keep a background program running. Um because that's that must have been what happened the last time. Like it the um I don't know how to do that though from this. Does it say I'm connected? It says you uh, yes. yeah. Okay, it must. It just must not say it on my end. Okay, well, I'll just keep scrolling and pushing buttons over here because that must have been that must have been what happened the first time was when my screen went black. It just cut out completely. So I don't know if I can have something running in the background without it interfering with my audio. Unless you go to your settings and uh, turn your. Uh... Turn your uh, timeout on, off. Oh yeah, go to your display settings and just have your uh, to where your screen doesn't turn off at all. Y'all weekend been pretty straight so far. It's been good, man. What's first of all, what's up, my brother? Man, it's been some time. Man, we've been we've been trying to uh do something like this for about for a few years now, ain't it? Man, trying to get this family thing situated and now getting adjusted to the, the new baby again. It's, it's it's been a minute, but I think we, we might we might have something going now. I feel it. Congratulations. Oh yeah, appreciate it, appreciate it. You know, I'm still hopeful. Hey, it's coming. <laughs> Don't worry. That's not the issue. It's just are you gonna be ready when it gets here? Hey man, I'm when you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Hey, listen. 
Gotta let them know. I did all the work. I did all the necessary work on my end to be ready. And you ever think about like the times? First of all, anybody that that grew up with us in our our adulthood is our adulthoods have been different than than the average person. But man, the time, the years that we spent in Germany versus now, man, you wouldn't even. I wouldn't even think that I even had that time period in my life based off how I live now. That's uh, that's a fact. It's been crazy. I mean, <laughs> that'd be that'd be half of my thought process when I when I uh, sometimes post stuff. I'd be like, man, like half of my friends know how I was in Germany, and I just wonder, like, what y- what they what y'all be thinking. <laughs> When y'all uh, see where, my posts. <laughs> like, where is it? That's not the dude I grew with. <laughs> but that's a good thing at the end of the day. I don't think nobody should be the same person five years later. Not at all. Uh, if you're still doing the same thing five, uh, five ten years later, man. You you're wrong. Re- you got to re- reevaluate what you got going on in your life. Change, change is inevitable. It is, and I think some people don't realize that. Mm-hmm. It's gonna, with change comes, and you're gonna lose people. You're gonna lose people. You're gonna lose friends, family, maybe different opportunities. But I mean, if the change is good at the end of the day, it'll come back in a different way. That's a fact. Um, but. You know, all we can do is hope that our words uh, resonate with with the, with some part of people that still believe in uh, love and, and standard. No, most definitely. Uh, I try to I try to be careful. There's not too many people you can have these kind of conversations with. You know, um, mm-hmm. some people make it try to seem like relationships and marriage is just the worst thing and you know you're you're no longer an individual and you know it's I mean, they try to put it down so much so i have to I have to be careful because you know everybody has their opinions and their their views on it but it's it's still a thing you know yeah, people man. are still searching for it every day so mm-hmm. i think that's i think where the issues come in kind of like you know, uh, and a lot of people don't understand it, but being evenly yoked is so important. Because if we, if we're trying to start something together, and you're not too sure about marriage, but I'm, I'm, I'm ready to ask you today. Or you want kids, and I know I have no idea that I don't want kids. It's, it's just never gonna work if we're, if we're never on the same page. So I think people need to learn to start communicating from the very beginning. On you know, people need to have past. those hard conversations from the beginning. People be concerned about your favorite color and your favorite food. Um, I can learn that about you as we go, but like, like we need to talk about brass tacks from the beginning. You save yourself a lot of heartache on the back end if you just really get to if you really get down to what's important to you. Like, I'm be honest, I don't. At this particular point in my life, I don't really care what your favorite color is. I need to know how you are with your finances. Do you know what credit is? What's your credit yeah. score? Do you pay bills? That sort of thing. Listen. Listen. You want to preach real quick? I can go grab my Bible. Just <laughs> Listen. I, my Bible yeah. is, is an arm's place. It's right here, okay? Don't, don't play yeah. with it. It's, it's sitting right here. Don't play with it. You know what's even 
I'll go ahead, good. I'm sorry. No, but like knowing your favorite color, uh, your favorite number, uh, your favorite meal, that's stuff that you need to know if we're going on a, a game show. This mm. is life is life is not a game show. It's not. It's not. I need to know I need to know how you do under pressure. Like when you get mad, do you shut down for five days? Cause I after three days I move on. So when you come back, the thrill is gone. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think I think the biggest thing that I've learned so far, which I which is something I try to tell people, you need to learn. And it, it's never, especially in our community, no one ever really talks about it. But knowing the kind of family you're marrying into, yes, it's like it's something people don't talk about when they when they start dating people, and you, you find out months or years down the road, and this whole time you've had this family who wants nothing to do with you, but you've already attached yourself to this person, and because you're marrying them or marrying this person, you're marrying an entire family. And sometimes I've I've seen just being married in the last four years, I've seen families or marriages kind of crumble because in-laws. And it's just like, it's something in our community that we, we don't talk about. And like you said, people are more concerned about what's your favorite color or where you like to eat or, you know, uh, that kind of stuff. It, it just doesn't matter. Not mm-hmm. not to the degree of trying to spend our lives, the rest of our lives together. It doesn't matter to that point. I think um, people also don't separate the family that they were born into from the one they chose. Um, I don't, I, I'm very honest and transparent about the fact that I'm not close to my family. Um, and that is by choice, just how in my walk with God, I just am separate. That's, I just am. And I'm okay with that. But I would never, I would never marry someone without him knowing where I come from, what my roots are. But that doesn't mean that we have to sit up under my family or even, or vice versa. Like we don't have to sit up under his family. I mean, if we have chosen to be with one another, that is our family. But yeah, you're absolutely right. You do need to know where your potential spouse comes from so you can understand why they respond to certain situations. If they are triggered by certain things, if they haven't dealt with past trauma and things like that, you kind of got to know what you're working with. But again, these are conversations people don't want to have. We want to know, Oh, you know, are you into matching outfits? And, you know, what's your favorite movie? And, you know, do you prefer red or blue or whatever? And see, Jasmine, I'm going to go ahead and answer from the perspective, like, uh, as if me and you are interacting to see if we can date. Based off of what you just said, what I I would have to uh, say is that when it comes when it comes to family for me i'm very old school so while i understand where you where you come from i'm not going to push the envelope of that i want to meet your family or or that i like to be around my family uh because i understand uh and i can compromise in that way mm-hmm. but my old school principle i have to talk to the people that you come from if my intention is for you to be my bride, I have to have their blessing. That's non-negotiable for me. And so that's the, that's the other part of the things that sometimes that fam, the, uh, the reason why families uh, put that wall up and, and that friction uh, comes in because even, uh, even though people may not seem close, 
families still regard their loved ones as their loved ones, and sometimes we miss that mark. I can I can understand that, and I can respect that. Um, I think my stance on it is more so from a standpoint of what you value um, is what you value. And yes, you do have to be willing to make that compromise. And I would, I would absolutely be willing to do that um, in a, you know, with a potential spouse. I don't, I personally don't believe in me and everybody's family, um, especially if there's no, I guess I need to take it back to, I need to first know what your intentions are towards me. Like if you see something with me, then at that point, yeah, we can talk about the family situation. Yeah. I will have you meet my, my mother, my father, you know, but we, you know, we don't have to kick it with, you know, my second and third cousins or people that I don't or am not particularly close to or that didn't have some integral part of my upbringing. I just, I just am that person because I protect my peace. And at this person, at this particular, like in this moment in time, in this stage in my life, there is a lot of unresolved issues with me and my family. Not in a sense of I wouldn't be willing to take anybody around my family, but I know my limits with my family. But I would no, I would absolutely never keep, a, you know, my you know fiance or who, who my husband from being around my family if that's what he chose to do. You know, we but we go we gonna have us a long in depth conversation about it before it ever gets to that point. Like I would never just spring that on somebody. It's, it's tricky. Like like coming just from from my perspective. Like when I first started dating my wife and I already knew where I wanted to go, how I wanted things to go with her. So that, that conversation with her dad and her being close to her family made it a lot easier. Um, just the relationship. I feel like her relationship that she has with her parents is just, I feel like it should be standard <laughs> in most homes. Just the, the care, the, the responsibility they still take when it comes to her, even though she's grown and has her own family. It's just there. You know, they give her the space, but anytime they need her, she's there. So me, when me coming to her dad and having that conversation, um, I didn't have to, to, to both of y'all's point, like I still wanted to, to talk to family, but I know I didn't have to talk to everybody. I mean, to talk mm-hmm. to cousins and aunts and uncles and all that. I, the people who see her on an everyday basis, those were people that I was more concerned with, kind of, you know, picking their brain and seeing how, you know, they felt about everything and having the blessing helps now if they would have wouldn't have agreed to it it kind of would have bothered me i don't really know what i would have done honestly if they would have like no we don't you know we're not we're not really for it um i mean knowing me i would have probably had that conversation i look <laughs> we're the ones getting married at the end of the day so how do you feel about <laughs> you know your family not really agreeing to this this union that we're trying to partake in um but like i said having the blessing helps um so my I'm adopted, so I have I have one family that I grew up with that for the most part is all I knew. And so they're not very family oriented like I would like. Um I know when I brought them the idea of getting married, they were just like, Oh, we feel like you're too young and you know, you need to have, you know, take some more time, travel some more, have fun and I'm just like I don't think I understand where I was for like the last five years. I've I've had the fun, mm-hmm. I've traveled, you know, I've done, you know, whatever. Um and so it, it was very rough the first like year or two because my wife and I would go back and forth because to her, it felt like I wasn't really defending her to my family, but 
on my my stance, I'm just like, look, my family's who they are. They're older. You know, I can't you can't change how older people feel. Mm-hmm. They feel how they feel. Our our job is to just make sure we stay connected. Mm-hmm. Um, although they don't agree with what we're doing, you know, God had a vision. I have that same vision, and it's it's just my job to put it all in motion. As long as you know you're in agreement with it as well, and then now that I have my birth family, they're totally opposite. You know, like they're they're loving. They, they try to do whatever they can. Um, visiting, it's the whole nine. So it's just like if I would have just held my hat up on the fact that one family didn't agree, I would have never. I wouldn't be where I am today. So I feel mm-hmm. like although you like you know, let me. Although you want to take people's families, you know, opinions and stuff into consideration, I feel mm-hmm. like you have to trust the relationship that you have with God mm-hmm. and and understand that if it's His will for you to continue to you know pursue this woman, then I think that should be your ultimate, you know. That's, that should be the, the, the thing that steers you in the right direction. Now, obviously, being on the same page with her. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Now, I, I wasn't saying that uh, their opinion would sway me. <laughs> I, I just need, I just need to, I just need them to know my intention. And so, because, you know, from my, from my point of view, this happened, uh, whether y'all like it or not, but at least I can do is give y'all the, the heads up. Right. That's, that's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> and from, it is. as a from a woman's standpoint, that's really all that matters, at least to me. Um, like I said, like whether my you know the the integral people, so it would be my parents, my mother, my father. Um, if they whether they give a blessing or not, if this is what you know God has said, and we're both in agreement, then hey, this is what we doing. You don't have to like it, but you got to respect it. And if you make your intentions clear, then I'm I'm gonna be over here just sitting real pretty, just nodding my head and smiling. I'm just being like, listen, I you know, he submits to God, I submit to him. Listen, that's the way the family was supposed to be, okay? I'm gonna follow him, he follows Christ. So y'all do what y'all wanna do over there. Listen, it's and the the thing the thing that, that helps is that my wife and I are on the same page because she can be completely like I'm sick of this. I'm sick of your family. And it, all it would do is just create just mm-hmm. turmoil between the both of us and, you know, what we have going on. Um, so the fact that, you know, she's not necessarily on my side, but it's just understanding and, and you know, understand that it's, it's nothing personal towards her. It's just it's just how they are. We can, we can do nothing about that. Um, it makes it a little easier. Like I have two kids now, right? I just had a daughter in October. So congratulations. My, thank you. So my mother hasn't she hasn't really been supportive of the whole thing at all. And I hate it because it's just like why my family? Like why do they have to be like this? So I'm not that kind of person, you know. So for my family to act this way towards a, a wonderful woman, it just it blows my mind sometimes. But because of the differences on whatever those might be, um I can't even tell you what they are. Um whatever they might be. Um, they're they're still going on today. Like I haven't talked to my mom since like June, like May June, because there's there's some disagreements going on within my, that side of the family. Like I have people wanting to leave the wedding and like all this other crazy stuff that happened. And I'm just like, in their minds, I almost feel like they would just rather me have kids just running all around the place, and mm. it wouldn't bother me because I'm not attached to anybody specifically. Because I'm doing it the right way, it almost feels like. It's just like a lot of backlash has been going on. So I feel like 
if you're not going into the perfect situation with the person you're deciding to spend the rest of your life with, you guys have to be very strong mm-hmm. in each other and in God and like just keep that that faith and that belief because if not, man, people you wouldn't think people can make your life hard and they, they don't even live anywhere near you, but just attitudes and opinions and it's just so many things that, that can wedge between you guys. And it's not even that you got to have like beef with each other. It's just, it's just all the outside noise. Mm. So it can be, it's definitely a lot of conversations that have to take place during or before, during, and while it's going on. Like the conversation should never stop. Absolutely. It's, it's the one thing that I've learned. Yeah, it, it can be tough. You said something um, earlier um, about your family thinking that you were too young to um get married or you know tie what people say that you tie yourself down for the rest of your life are you the only person or are you one of the only people in your family that's married um <sighs> yes mm. I will, no, unless they're the older people but i can't even say man i don't think i've ever thought about that before i can't think of anybody it might be some distant family that I've never met that I'm aware of that might be married, but no one, like none of her kids, other kids are married. She's been married like four or five times. So, ah, okay. Uh, that's, that's probably, yeah, but it honestly is a great point. Cause I was, I talked to my dad about this all the time. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard for me. Not that I can't take advice because you can always take something from something someone says, but it's, it's hard for me to, take advice from like my mom per se because she's been married so many times I can't tell where your advice is coming from like is it coming from a place of failure or like concern mm-hmm. you know you you've done this so many times but you all you but you failed every time so where is your advice coming from and then the sister that told me that she felt like I was too young she's never been married at all I, had a, I don't I'm not even aware of a serious relationship and I'm almost there <laughs> so like I can't it's, it's hard to, you have to be very careful when you're listening to people give you advice oh, on yeah. things because you, you have no idea where it's coming from, you know? Um, I think I asked So that. me being... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Age, age isn't, age is such a construct, like... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Maturity isn't age. That has nothing to do with it. It has to do with your state of mind is or your state of being. But just being, because you're older doesn't mean you're mature at all um but I asked you that question because I had a conversation with my older cousin surrounding this very same topic about probably about a year ago um because I from a very young age like little girls we you know imagine getting married and we start you know planning our fairy tale wedding and things like that but there aren't uh I think there's only one two three three marriages in my family and out of those three I personally would say only one of them is actually healthy so growing up I didn't have a healthy view of what marriage looked like and then being an adult I have been taught how to be single never taught how to be married so I'm grateful for the ministry that I'm a part of my pastor is somebody who is teaching us as single women how to be married I know how to be single I've been single for my whole life I've never been married um but I asked I asked you that question because I find it very interesting how people can talk about something um either that they've never experienced um and tell you not to do it 
or coming from a place of, oh, well, you're too young. If you're not, if you're old enough, here's my thought. If you're old enough to enter the service, you're old enough to buy a car, you're old enough to buy a house, you're old enough to, you know, drink legally. Why wouldn't you be old enough to get married? Just yeah, because you're choosing to do it at a young age doesn't mean that it's destined to fail. Like, right? I why is it? Why is one that. more important than the other? Right, but then they're Those okay with you having kids. Then, but they're okay with you having kids with somebody, but not. Okay. Um, again, probably a conversation yeah. for another day. <laughs> no, it's 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 a great question because, like I said, I have a lot of cousins and they have kids, and you know, my my mom has other grandkids. And there's there's never a conversation around, you know, you keep having all these kids about people, are you ever going to settle down? There's never that conversation. Mm-mm. So, because um, the whole thing, I think I was like 24 when um, I was getting ready to propose, or I, quite, I hadn't quite turned 24 yet. Um, and she was just like, well, I don't really feel like you're going to be able to take care of another person, you know, like. And so the thing that, I realized, I think maybe last year, I, I, it kind of just hit me. My family, or may, mainly my parents, and, or my mom and my, my siblings, from, you know, six, seven to 18, they just see me as, as this kid. So when I went to Germany, I kind of started entering my manhood from 19 to like 23, 24, and they didn't get to see that part, the, the part of me growing up and going through challenges in the military and just maturing. all these different lives. Yeah, maturing, pretty much. They didn't get to see that that part so when I come back home I guess in their mind they still think I'm this this young kid and I also used to tell my mom you have to trust the kid that you raised yes if you feel like you did a great job with me trust that believe in that like like walk in that you see how I'm living now I came back home I reset my life nice job own place like I didn't move back home which is never a bad I didn't move back home like I I wanted to do everything on my own so for for that for her to have that statement it's just like it's also saying that you don't expect me to grow mm-hmm. from where I, wherever I am right now. Like, no, I'm not going to get married today and just, you know, be just financially sound or, you know, whatever the case may be, whatever their definition of, of taking care of another person is. Like, of course, I'm not going to be there today, but it's going to take time, you know? Right. So to, to say that I was too young was just, it was a very amateur statement. I clutched my imaginary pearls. I, who? Yeah. I will say though, people forget that uh, men, when y'all know something, y'all know that, and that's it. That's all. I, you know, can and nobody can tell y'all any different. Mo- the most the most men that I have met are very not stuck in their ways, but um, and I won't even call it stubborn. But when you know something, you know. And can't nobody tell you that you don't yeah. know or that that's not your feeling. You knew, you knew, and you did what you needed to do to make it happen. That's it's yeah, it's, it's, it's just sure. Like there's there's no when when I, I met my wife at a AIMS convention um, in Birmingham and sitting next to my my best friend, and we were doing offering and seeing this girl walk around the table, and I was like, bro, who was that? <laughs> like. Obviously, we're in church, so I'm not gonna do the most. But <laughs> I need, I need, I need her to know that I exist. And I think I went to the bathroom. I came back, and she just happened to be sitting next to some of my other friends. And it turns out they knew her, and she grew up in the church that we were in. She just 
I got there and then she left, so we never got to like meet. But at that moment, just those few days of being at AIM and us exchanging numbers and talking, we we're only 17. But just when you have somebody who's just as, as interested in you as you are them, that also like clear so much. Because it's, it's hard talking to a girl and like, yeah, she might give you her number or whatever, but if she's not really giving you that pressure that you're giving her, you don't really know how much work, like the work that you're putting in, you don't know if it's in vain. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I saw that I was getting that energy back, I was like, I told my dad, oh, I'm married. Like, awkward. oh, and like, I hadn't met any other girl at that point, like, at all. It was, so, it was already established. You said what you said. And you, yeah, I already knew. So, <laughs> uh, but again, it's just, <laughs> you just like, you know, like you said, men are just, are just sure. Sometimes mm-hmm. they don't know what to do with the things that they're sure about, but when they know, they know. So when mm-hmm. I hear these, when I hear these stories about, Oh, we've been dating for ten years, and I'm just like, Ain't how are you as no a woman? No way. How are you okay with that? Ain't no way. Like, that's wild to me. A lot of it has to do. I I will happily answer that question as somebody who was in a very toxic relationship for a majority of my twenties. Um, a lot of it has to do with self esteem issues. Um, you just will are willing to accept a piece of a man for the sake of having one, because a lot of times that's what's ingrained in us is, oh, well, if you don't have a man or if ain't nobody chasing after you, then, you know, what's your value as a woman? What's your worth as a woman? So I stayed with the absolute wrong man from the age of 19 until I was 26. And it went, yeah, it was pretty much, I grew, I literally grew up in that relationship learned all of the things I didn't want. But I, and I mean, I can't say that it was all him because there, there were just behaviors that I allowed. I allowed myself to be disrespected. I allowed myself to have my self-worth stripped simply for the sake of he was all I knew. Mm. So, so it you, was like- How do you come out of that? Like, how do you, how do you reteach yourself to, to one, put you first, but then to not allow yourself to get into that type of situation again? Truth be told, um, it really wasn't until I had an honest conversation with myself that you are more than this. I can, I remember the day it was a it was May of twenty sixteen. Um, I'm excuse me, May of twenty eighteen. I was sitting at home and I just really remember having a conversation with myself. Like, are you going to continue to do this for the rest of your life? Like, this man is pretty much telling you he doesn't want you. And you are continuing to stay like you're making yourself look stupid, considering the fact that you we had talked about having kids. We had talked about getting married. That man had two children on me within the relationship and I still stayed. It got to the point where at the end of the relationship, I was taking care of him. But I had to have an honest conversation with myself. And I that was probably the start of my journey back to Christ. Like I had I got on my knees and I asked God for a way out. I said, I cannot keep doing this because I'm going to end up in jail. I know. When when would you say, I'm I'm going through a situation now with one of my best friends and I swear she's allergic to red flags, just flags in general. Like, it's not that she's allergic to them. She knows they're there, but finds a way to make a red flag green. So like, how early did you realize like, Okay, this might be a problem. And what do you feel? What do you feel like kept you from 
saying, okay, you know what? Before this snowballs, I'm 19 now, but before I turn 21, I need to like let this go. Like, what? Like, did you realize the signs early on? Um, truthfully, once I took off my rose-colored glasses, a lot of times as women, we fall in love with the idea of love. That story, you know, the storybook romance. Um, once I really took off my rose-colored glasses and really looked at him for who he was. Like when people, that old age saying, um, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. When I really looked at it and took him for face value, that's when it was like, oh, oh, this ain't never gonna work because he is who he is. There's no amount of changing anybody. You cannot change somebody. Staying does not change them. None of that has to happen. As far as your friend goes, I mean, all you can do is try to just be there because until she's ready to go, it's never going to happen. She has to be done for it to work for her. There is no, a lot of people stay in situations, especially when it comes down to um, emotional abuse. You know, there's, you know, financial abuse going on. Sometimes it's, you know, unfortunately it's even physical, but until you get to that point and you say enough is enough, for me like i love you but i love me more you're gonna continue to be in the same cycle and that's where i was at i mean i threatened to leave wouldn't leave i you know cried at home by myself talking to my friends and one of my friends she just kind of told me one day she was like you do realize we have this conversation on a regular basis and nothing changes so when when she told me that she said nothing changes if nothing changes nothing changes so i find then i stopped having the conversations i stopped telling people what was going on and then i was isolated i was by myself dealing with that but that may night i was on my knees in my living room asking god for a sign and one of my very best friends in the world called me she was just like hey you were on my mind and i broke down and he walked in the door and I looked at him and I said, what are we doing? And he was like, what do you mean? I said, what are we doing? We've been doing this for, at this point, it had been like, I don't know, six years, six, seven years. And I was like, do you even love me? And that man looked me dead in my face and said, I say, I love you as an automatic response. But no, I don't. Oh, yeah, let's go. Don't worry. So, I'm gonna, <laughs> we'll yeah. go back my stuff real quick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I said, oh, okay, bet. And I called, I called that same girl right back and I told her, I said, I got to go. I said, cause this man looked me dead in my face and said, he didn't love me. And I'm, wow. and I, when I tell you, I sat on that couch and plotted out every single defense that I could. I was going to call the police on myself, sit there and wait for them and knew for a fact that no jury in the world would ever convict me after I got done telling my story. I said, oh no, baby, I got to go. My freedom is on the line now. I got to go. The audacity of the honesty, though. Listen, yeah. <laughs> listen. That's crazy in itself. Oh my goodness. So yeah, yeah, so that took a that took a. I had a major self esteem hit because I just was like, "Well, dang." I'm I thinking checking I'm... my pockets just now for I don't know what I was looking for. <laughs> Bail money, because <laughs> listen, back then I needed people to be on deck. But yeah, like if nothing changes, nothing changes. But I allowed that man to strip me of my self worth. Like I, from that point, I was not able to take a compliment from somebody to tell me that I was pretty, 
um, from the age of 23 until I, until I was 28. I couldn't wow. hear, like, I second guessed it. It was like, oh, you can't be talking to me. None of that. And listen, nowadays, listen, I tell myself all the time, girl, you looks good. I don't need nobody to hype me up. So because I am emotionally secure and I'm not looking for that love and that acceptance and that validation from a man, you know, I'm chilling over here. There's some other things that I still got to work on with, and I am, but that part, you ain't even got to worry about it. Right. It's, it's, it's interesting because when I, like, when I hear my, my friend talk, she'll always say, oh, man, I want to be a wife so bad. And I'm just like, it's, it's more to being one. Like, not that I can give you a definition because when I'm a man, I, I, we have our own stances being a husband. But it's more to being a wife than cooking and just cleaning and just coming home to somebody. It's, it's so much more than that. And because I think being a wife is something that women should not put like a 100% like, oh, I just, I have to be a wife. Like, I just have to. Because she's that person. And she married this guy in like three months. Mm. Had a, had a, got pregnant the next month. So now she's in this. She's got herself into this this point of life where she's starting to realize her decisions weren't the right decisions. But now she almost feels like she has to stay. Mm-hmm. And like I'm glad you didn't get to that point where everything was so bad. But then you ended up still getting married and end up still having kids, which is what a lot of people do. Like a lot of people just just suck themselves so mm-hmm. deep in that you know you realize you need to get out but you can't or you feel like you can't anyway even though you, you really can it, it'll just it'll suck to do a lot of things by yourself but and obviously getting a divorce you know people don't want to do that either but um i think I'm glad, I'm glad you got to that point i live i'm grateful too and i think <laughs> women have this thing about um aspiring to be married that you and my it's really funny that we're having this conversation because my pastor has been teaching we just went through a series on family and women have this thing where as soon as a man smiles at you it, she wasn't lying when she said this as soon as a man smiles at you or y'all go on the first date like we're planning the wedding and picking out colors and tuxes and figuring out our wedding party and all this man has said is do you want to go bowling so that hit hit home with me because now I know I am a wife. I now that is something I do know. Um, I stopped aspiring to marriage because it became something I fixated on. It was like, oh, is this you know my husband? Is this my husband? After that relationship, I started looking for my husband and every man that I dated. So then I had to take a step away from dating because it was like I'm going to get myself into something because I'm coveting it if you don't know what it takes or to be married then you're never going to get there and people focus on the wedding day and all of the things that surround you know getting engaged and wedding planning and all that that a lot of times we don't focus on what it actually means to be married you are making an active choice every single day to like this person you have to like your spouse you have to like who you're with you have to love yourself first and as a woman, you have to submit to your husband. He, you have got to do that. It, there cannot be there cannot be division in the household. So I think a lot of times we're not taught we're not taught how to be married. 
we're not taught how to be wives. We see this thing, this little short blurb of, oh, being married is, you know, yep, I'm cooking, I'm cleaning, I'm going to work or we're doing life together, you know, skip to my loo, but it's not all sunshine and rainbows. And I have a ton of friends who are married and they all tell me that they're like, it is not sunshine, rainbows and sprinkles every single day. There are days where I look at my husband and I'm just like, bruh, you take these covers one more time. I'm gonna knock you out. One of my friends, she joked, she was like, we were gonna get divorced over Christmas lights. She was like, I was gonna leave that man over some Christmas lights. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. People just kind of get it. Um, I don't know. I don't even know what the, I don't even know how to formulate the thought in my mind, but I know who I was and I'm grateful I'm not her anymore. And this version of Jasmine is just, I'd be sitting over here like, dog. Woo. Okay. So it takes take some work for sure. I have a couple of questions for both of y'all. Okay. I'm going to start with uh, Mr. Holmes first. Um, I'm going to uh, preface this by saying it is my firm belief that uh, when women are looking for uh, relationship advice, it is best to talk to a healed man. Vice versa for men. If we are looking for a healthy relationship advice, we need to talk to a healed woman. That is the only way you're going to get an honest answer. Uh, with that being said, oh, I, I'm and I'm uh, I'm gonna ask y'all in a minute if y'all agree with this statement, but I'm asking you these questions first. Um, Raymond, think about your uh your friendship level with your friend, mm-hmm. and on a scale of one to ten, uh. Couple your honesty and your bluntness. How how do you respond to her questions on a scale of one to ten? When she's like seeking advice, yeah, about something. Um, oh, I'm very honest. I'm I'm honest to the point where she'll talk to my wife before she'll talk to me. Not that my wife will lie to her, mm-hmm. but she under our our history is different. So she under like we never officially dated, but we had the, the the feelings and things were there mm-hmm. so the level of care that i have for her is different from most people in her life so when she does come to me and she talks to me about these guy problems and you know things like that i, I have to be very honest with her because mm-hmm. i don't i don't i don't want to be the person to lead her you know to cause her to go down the wrong path of you know some people take things that they hear and they run with it and i don't ever want someone to just run with something that i said and if they do i want it to be you know, something that gives them conviction or if they're doing something that they shouldn't be and they heard me say something to them and it kind of makes them think like, okay, I have been doing this and it hasn't been working. So maybe, you know, maybe let me switch something up or, you know, let me take a different look at it or let me step back. Um, which is what I tell most people, uh, any kind of advice that I give them. Uh, but yeah, I, I try to be, I don't try to be hurtful, but I try to get the point across enough to where she you know understanding like hey this is serious you're not you're not asking me if you should pick uh if you should go get a blue car red car you're you're we're we're talking about life here you have kids you know we're talking about finances or buying a house or you know which is something she asked me recently if if i think that they should continue renting or if they should try to go and purchase a home and i'm just like there's no rush to take you first of all you already took a big step in getting married and you shouldn't be but don't go and buy a house 
less than a year into being married. Like really take your time, really, you know, get your finances and your credit and stuff together before um, you take that step. It's just because you can doesn't mean you should. So, um, yeah, I try to be very honest. Okay, okay. Now, Jasmine, uh, your question is a three-part. Um, from from your uh, from your story, uh, if you feel like sharing, uh, where it where do you believe your he- uh, healing level is now? Um, could you give three things, three concrete things that you did? Uh, I believe you. I believe you kind of did already, but like, can you give me your top three of how you went about getting to that level? And then, um, if if you run the checks, how do you run the check to make sure that you're still in the uh, that you're still in, in the healing vein? Um. So I'm gonna answer that question first. Um. I well, I'm answer the first one and the third one. So the first part, I would say within my healing journey, I am at a seven. Um, now, as far as the relationship part of it, I'm at a nine. But like my own personal healing journey, I'm at a seven. Um, I do self-checks very often, um, especially when it comes to my own personal healing journey. There have been other things that I have experienced in my life that have caused me to put up a lot of defenses. Um, so every day I do a, I do a self-check every single day. Um, just, you know, reminding myself who I am and whose I am. Um, that's probably the number one thing that I do every single day. Now, as far as this, the top three things to even begin the healing process. Oh, quick question before you continue. Is there anywhere that people can listen to this at right now? Or do you have to post it first? Um, for them, for people listening, I have to post it first. Uh, okay, okay. The next, the next time, I'm going to uh, set another device up so I can be live. Okay. 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 Gotcha. Um, let me see the the top three things. Um, the first thing, again, I'm just speaking on my own behalf. The first thing I had to do was admit that there was a problem. Um, I had to just kind of admit to myself, like, girl, you are running down a slippery slope. Um, the second thing that I had to do was to be honest with the people around me, like the, my core group of friends, like my, my day ones who knew the ins and outs, I had to be really honest and open with them about what was really taking place. Um, and then work out an exit strategy, um, and work out what my next steps look like. And the third thing that I that I personally had to do, I had to get um, connected with a ministry. I needed to be back in church um, because I realized that a lot of the things that I went through when I left my parent, when I left my parents house, a lot of the things that I went through happened specifically because I deviated from my upbringing. Um, I had I walked away from God. So I had to get back. I had to get back in line with God. And we just been taking it one day at a time. Okay. Okay. Now, this next question is for both of you. Uh, and since I went to you first, Raymond, I'm going to ask you for, uh, first, Jasmine. Um, 
about what I said about uh, my belief in women uh, seeking relationship advice from a healed man and men seeking relationship advice from a healed woman. Um, what are your thoughts or perspective on that? I agree with that. Um, what I, I will add a caveat there. Not only should that person be healed, they should also be in a healthy um, marriage. I'm not saying when you're date when you're actively dating, I believe you can also give relationship advice, but I am of the firm belief you do not take advice from people you would not switch places with. So I cannot sit here as a single woman and take dating advice from I, I will, because again, I do believe you can glean from everybody in any circumstance. Um, but taking advice from people who are in your current situation, typically you just kind of go around in circles um and then women who are healed but not in relationships some of them don't desire to be in relationships so there's only so far they can take you but a healthily married couple absolutely okay uh raymond um <laughs> kind of hard not to agree uh i i agree just for the simple fact that um the thing that you're trying to do is a lifelong thing. This isn't temporary. This isn't for the weekend or just for this season. Because it's something that you're you're trying to partake in for the rest of your life, I feel like the advice that you receive from someone has to be from someone who's done it, currently doing it successfully. You know, and like you said, it has to be healthy because people stay married for for years and years, and it doesn't mean that you know that they're having a good marriage. Some people just go through the motion. We got married. We got all this stuff together. We had kids. You know, you do you and I'll do me. That's it's not healthy. It's just, you're just creating longevity at that point. Um, and even if you're dating, I feel like if you're, if you're seriously dating to marry, um, like, yeah, like you said, you can, you can receive bits and pieces from people and kind of take what you need. But I feel like you, you should get your foundation your foundational advice from people who are where you want to be. Like you said, if you can't, if I can't switch places with you, then I don't really know if I feel comfortable enough with you placing that type of stuff into my spirit. Um, so I would rather, you know, it be from somebody who I can kind of replicate or kind of, you know, follow their lead on how they're doing it. And it's the same thing with, even though this is kind of, you know, off topic, but it's just as important. I, I don't think I could ever go to a church if my pastor doesn't have a first lady. Because I feel like it's just an integral part of being leaders, especially when you're trying to, to teach marriage. Maybe I can go to a church that and he doesn't have a first lady, but if you're, if you're gonna have marriage counseling and all those other things and you're not married, why would I do it? You know, so that's kind of how I feel about it. I feel that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump right on that last point you just made. There's a very crucial point the ministry that I'm connected to, my pastor is single. So me as a single man navigating this uh this ministry life as a single man, uh I I choose to believe that he is acting under uh under the obedience of holiness <laughs> while while he's uh <laughs> while he's serving the word. So I, I, so I know that God has me in the place so it, to become, to see how to effectively lead in this season that I'm in. 
until I get to that next place? I have different views. Um, uh-huh. When I first came to um, the ministry that I'm a part of, my um, pastor, she was divorced. Um, she was, she is now married. Um, so I won't say that they have to be married. Um, I simply because it, I mean, it's biblical. Not everybody's going to get married. So I don't think that whether or not my pastor is married would cause me to not be able to follow. Um, I think if depending on where you are in your spiritual journey, like whatever it is that you need me person for me personally, whether they're married or not, that really isn't a concern of mine, whether they are giving sound doctrine is. Um, Which I, I agree with that. Like I, yeah. that, that part I can, I can follow you if we're just strictly talking about our spirituality and mm-hmm. our just our, 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 cause our common goal is to get into heaven. So if you can right. lead me to that, that path, then that's completely fine. But once you start having all these marriage retreats and all these other different things, I kind of have to, I have to take it with a grain of salt because some people that just know how on. to. <laughs> yeah, like some people, <laughs> some people just know how to, you know, some people just know how to church or how to speak marriage talk. So mm-hmm. it, it's not it's not necessarily hard, but I will feel a lot more comfortable, and I can take what you're saying and be more willing to use it, knowing that man, I see how he treats his wife, how he runs his family, how he is over his kids, how everybody is in order from top to bottom. They're still their individual selves, but then I understand that when I see his wife or I see his kids, I can see him. You know? I can I can agree with you on that level. Um, like I said, she was a previous, she was d- divorced when I first started in the ministry and she got married, um, I think about a, maybe a year after I joined. So she was in the process, like they were courting with, with at the time that I joined. So what I will say is now she has always operated uh, decently and in order, uh, common courtesy. Like she that she teaches about you know how God designed things and wanted family, you know, faith first, family second, you know, career third, or however you want to put it. You know, not being not to where the married couples at that time within the ministry were so consumed with being a part of the ministry that they were taking time out for date nights and things like that. So I think it also depends on where that particular individual is in even their own journey. But I definitely can agree with you on that. Um, Again, going back to taking advice from people you wouldn't switch places with. Like if I just don't, at some level, I have to be able to resonate with you on a personal level too. So yeah. I get where you're coming from. Now, I have a question um, for you, uh, Jasmine. I'm thinking about getting a little bit of trouble, but I, I got, I, I wouldn't be me if I didn't ask the question. Um, did did y'all did y'all know that she was courting? Um, when I came in, I did not know, but I was uh, still dealing with God in my own way so it really wasn't like something that she made public knowledge but once he did like her core circle of people knew and then once they got engaged yes we did know okay see 
And my reason in asking that is because uh, because my position on it is uh, something that the Bible talks about is uh, creating stumbling blocks. So for me as a single as a single man in ministry um, at this point, because now I don't make now I don't make marriage the priority anymore that the ministry that I do um, is the priority. So the moment that I that I'm in, I own that. Mm-hmm. So I look for I look for leadership that resembles my life. Mm-hmm. So I say that to say uh, when it comes to the stumbling blocks, I was taken back by, by two by two um, two instances between two uh, bishops, uh, very 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 celebrity type uh, individuals, Bishop Noel Jones and Bishop Marvin Winans. Um, they just recently uh, got engaged and I believe married to their longtime girlfriends. One was 18 years. The other <clears> one was 20. Now, I used to be a, a, a avid stumbler of, uh, of uh, I'm going to say sin and, mm-hmm. and we're going to be adults. Mm-hmm. Um, so it my mind immediately went to um 18 years of um holiness is, is that what we is that, is that is that what we saying i, I don't I hope that's what we saying Listen, i'm gonna keep it a buck there's no way you're telling <laughs> me that for 18 years there was nothing going on there there's there's i just i i will not be that naive to believe that for 18 years as a man that you're just willingly just floating through life with this this woman and just nothing is taking place. I just can't believe it. Like, I'm going <laughs> to take the other aspect of that just because I do come from a female pastor and uh, she has given advice for like in the journey of being single and living holy. Um, when you experience things, and then you go cold turkey. Yeah, there have been, you know, things that keep your mind off of it. So I I can't comment on how they live their lives mm-hmm. because I don't I don't know them. Um everybody's their own person. Right. Um we're not perfect. So the part of me is just like, uh, they may have been living holy with their now spouses that doesn't necessarily mean that they were living holy in general um you know things like that but i mean when you talk about long term and y'all been together 18 20 years like oh okay and you still say yes all right and so you know i purposely i purposely recalled that because of the beginning of the conversation um when y'all were talking about uh that it doesn't take men that long to know what they want to do Mm-hmm. So these are these are these are leading men in ministry. Bishop elects. That took, see the reason that took this long. See the reason that it will bother me in a small sense because I wouldn't really make it a, my business to let it move me and what I believe or how I feel about the church or them as a as a person. But mm-hmm. I feel like if. If you're called to leadership upon that magnitude and you have hundreds and hundreds of souls under you that you're in charge of, you know, guiding, um, 
I feel like the discernment for you to know whether you want to marry the woman that you're dating for all these years, I feel like you something was keeping you from taking that step. Why it took you 20 years is beyond me. Mm-hmm. Because of, especially because of the, the like I said, you, you have a level of discernment. You you understand things differently than than the average person, than the average man. And so, like 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 we said, when when you want to be with the person you know, mm-hmm. and so to me it says that I'm going to keep you around, and if I find better, I'll go with better. But if I don't, then you know we'll see how long this thing kind of works out. That's kind of how. That's my thought process when I see that people have been dating for ten plus years and nothing has happened. But y'all, y'all have y'all's entire life is entangled. The house, mm-hmm. the kids, the whole nine. But you're making a commitment to all those things, but you can't make a c- commitment to this woman, especially when the mm-hmm. woman wants to be married. She wants it. You know, it's not like she doesn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, there could have been conversations that it could could have been had. I don't know if these men have were in ministry their entire lives because that also can play a part in it like you know when you out there operating in the world sometimes it's not sometimes you're cool with being you know long term oh let me make sure that this is really what I want um that's why I said about intentions those those conversations very early on would clear up a lot of confusion um because this one over here my brother you don't have 10 years okay you don't. You don't have 10 years to string me along of what could be, might be. I, absolutely not, sir. Absolutely not. Um, but the way that, you know, they might not have been in ministry. Their their platform at that point when they met these women might have been moving a little bit differently. I mean, I don't know the inner workings and personally, whatever is going on in their relationships ain't none of my business. The only thing I can comment on is the length of time it took for you. No. I wouldn't have said yes, because at that truth be told, at, but again, you still have those women who I'm a hold on and I'm a hold on and, you know, I'm going to be the last man standing. And you do have, and you do have men like that, who they marry the woman in front of them when they are ready to get married. You know, I've seen people be in long-term relationships they break up and then a year later he's married to somebody else you know she might not be or she might be but you do have men who operate like that too like once men get to a point where they want to be married yeah okay you'll do i think it's 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 a thing of like for let's just take the whinings because we already know we already know how he is who he is what he's done his entire life he's he's been in front of us my entire life um, so him being a wine, a wine is, is, is nothing, is not sh- the shocking part. I would hope, again, like you said, we can't comment on too much. It's, it's really all speculation. I would love to sit down with both gentlemen and just ask them a question, what took so long? And just hope that they would be willing to, you know, be indulge. Yeah. And, you know, you know, and, and see kind of what their thought process was on why it took so long. Um, but again, I just feel like 20 years is a long time as, as a man seeing other men do the same thing that I've done. Just, just when they know, they know, and mm-hmm. just kind of picking the best time to, to do it and not taking forever and taking years and wasting time off your, you know, out of her life, um, out of your life. Cause you could, you could be standing in the way of whoever's supposed to be with her because you simply 
just don't know yet or you just want to whatever whatever the, the the case may be um mm. i just think 20 years is absurd <laughs> like, oh yeah 20 and- years is is absurd that is ridiculous like we didn't pay almost paid off a house in that time multiple cars have been bought and paid off college kids people are grown like you are in a different mindset it's like somebody going to college 18 years um let me let me uh state for the record by in no way shape or form am i questioning uh these men uh these men's character or anything like that. I am not attacking their personal life. Me being a minister, I look at, I'm solely looking at the godly principle of stewardship. Mm-hmm. When it comes to, when it comes to leading, especially um, in the body of Christ, we lead by example. Mm-hmm. So, when when some of your members or people even uh, who who uh, are fans of yours are taking, it was a lot of backlash. Uh, first of all, we didn't even know you were dating anybody, let alone eighteen years of anybody. That's so <laughs> that makes me that that's that's what put me on alert uh, because I believe in this stewardship of ministry as a minister, as a preacher, as a bishop, as a teacher, whatever whatever your capacity is. There is a level of ultimate transparency that you're supposed to have with dignity because all business is not business. But when when it uh when it constitutes the the gray areas of sin, it is imperative to live transparently. I will say for me, uh I do agree all business isn't business. Um but I believe in private until permanent. So to be honest, it's really nobody's business who I am building with or am involved with until we have made the decision that this is a goal. Like this, the end goal is marriage. Like we're going to do this. So I've always told people, I'd be like, please don't be surprised. And one, one day it's like, oh, you know, I'm single. The next thing you know, I pop out married. Those who need to know will know but not everybody needs to be involved in my personal business Mm -hmm. yes i do believe that there is a responsibility that you do have within leadership um Mm -hmm. as far as how you operate but my personal life is true truthfully none of your concern um at least in that regard but i i I, operate in question yeah can i ask a question okay i I know you're asking the questions but just based off the topic so how do y'all feel about Pastor Jamal Bryant being who he is as as the bishop of the church and then having his wife at one point or ex-wife or whatever case may be, now she's on like uh, Real Housewives. Like that stuff's not private. Like that's it's it's very open to all of us, you know, whoever watched the show, you know. Um as a as a bishop there there's almost no separation from the the the, the secular world and the, the spiritual world there's sometimes there's no divide so like how do y'all feel about that um just based off the conversation we're having now. 
I still feel like your title isn't who you are. Like you're you you operating in the function as a bishop is not solely who you are. That man was a husband, and but he was a singular individual before that. I and I really can't sit here and say that he and Giselle did not have a conversation about her appearing on the show. Um, I still, there still had to be some sort of blessing. Um, I don't know if they were divorced at the time the show aired. I'm not sure, but I mean, to even be in talks of things going on, like at some base level, he had to know he had to sign off on it. He had to be aware. They might even have conversations about what will and won't appear on the show, but Again, it, there's there's a lot of gray area with that. As far as me, like I'm the mind my business that that pays me. They business don't pay me. It ain't none of my concern. Well, of course, but coming just coming from coming from the standpoint of you're a member. This is and this is my bishop. This is the person who's leading me. So do I, do I discard what he does Monday to Saturday and only focus on Sunday? Like does Monday through, does does Monday through Saturday not matter? You're only around what he does. You're only around that person for what a couple hours at a church service, two hours, you know, on Sunday, maybe two hours on, you know, Bible study night. So you don't really know how they operate. I still think you have you as an individual need to be able to separate your feelings from what is. If you can still be led by this person on your spiritual journey. Sure. Now, if if what if you feel like what they are doing in their personal life is going to impact your ultimate end goal, then that's a decision that you have to make. But I'm I'm not about to sit up in here and say, oh, well, you know, you decided to make your private life, you know, public for public consumption. I'm leaving the ministry. That's the choice you have to make. You got to be okay with that. that. That's understandable. That's understandable. As long it, as you preach the word, I don't really. As long as you I mean the word, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to. I won't. Go, I don't want to go that far personally about as long as you're preaching the word, because then it brings me to the to the other thought about the, the two pastors in Houston, like they're gay pastors. They're they're preaching the same word Mm-mm. as every other <laughs> as every other pastor. So it's not about, and they're not lying with the preaching that they're doing. It's just the pretense that they're doing it under. I get what you're saying. Yeah, I get what I. No, I completely understand where you're coming from. Um, hey, that's a conversation for another day, though. <laughs> <laughs> we just, uh, we just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> so, so I, I, uh, I totally agree and stand with both points. It's most definitely not my business. However, I'll be lying if I say that as a, uh, as a, a Christian coming up. Me, me knowing how you live your life isn't uh, is indicative of how I'm gonna live mine. So, uh, I will say that uh, goes back to my first point. As the leader, that responsibility falls back to you. And so, uh, this is where I kind of uh, disagree with you a little bit, Jasmine. Is that twenty four seven as a leader? That has to be your life. If you are a stewardship over a soul, over over a body of Christ, you have to make the uh, as a leader. You have to make that uh, make that understanding and that connection of 
what I do outside of church can't be different. I have to be a hundred percent godly mm-hmm. uh, with everything that I do. Now that don't mean I'm gonna be perfect. I'm gonna make mistakes, but the mistakes that I make aren't gonna make people stumble. Got you. Now I re- I respect that, and I wasn't I wasn't saying in terms of them not living godly. I do right. believe in being authentically yourself. Yes, I do believe that you should be operating correctly. Um, I but I guess because they, I believe that there should be a division of personal relationship and them being your leader i so i guess i'm coming from the standpoint of are we i'm taking it from a personal standpoint like i don't sit up under my leader i'm not in her home i'm not in her personal business she is my leader and i know that she is living holy because of how she operates Right. So I believe that the operation that comes from that will let you know everything that you need to know about who you call your leader. Right. Well, let me let me interject. So I get where both of y'all are coming from, but this is, I guess, this is the to, to your point, Jasmine. You you. So when we're talking about the operation of a pastor and a bishop, obviously our our biggest, the way we can see that the most is how they are on Sundays. Would you agree? Correct. So, because I feel like at some point, not that people who are in leadership for years and years start to play church at some point, but but being churchy is so easy, you know, especially if you've been in the word your entire life. Getting up on Sunday to preach is, is nothing to a lot of people. Some people can do it in their sleep. You tell somebody, hey, I need you to come to this church in an hour and preach a message. It's not going to be hard for them because they've been doing it their, their whole lives. So I, I feel like to, to Lemuel's point, Monday through Saturday, sometimes it's more important than what you do on Sunday. Monday through Saturday tells me who you really who you are. are. Sunday just tells me, you know, what you're trying to be. Like, I know you came here to preach. I know you came here to be the pastor. Like, I know all that. But what are you doing Monday? Like, how is your Christian or how is your, how is your Jesus showing Monday through Sunday? And like he said, nobody, you know, people are going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. But if we're going to, if you're going to be the leader over people, like, it, it, it's just more helpful to see that you're being what you're supposed to be Monday through Sunday and not doing everything under the sun during the week. Just like how they always tell us, oh, y'all go to the club on Saturday, you know, Fridays and Saturdays, mm-hmm. and y'all show up at Sunday school on Sunday morning, you know? And it, the same thing with for, for me and him, like, we're in the military. It's hard to have good leadership when we know that they're doing the same thing that we're doing and they're out doing whatever with whoever and then mm-hmm. come formation time we're supposed to just have this ultimate respect for them because they're leaders and so, it's, so it just makes it a little more complicated to look at you how we're supposed to look at you to, to follow you how we've been instructed to follow you we, we know that you're not living your life the way I, you should right during the week I, but I, I get I, I, I get agree with, oh no I definitely agree with with both of y'all in that standpoint and I always think about my leader so i i know how i know how she operates i try you know she operates you know in dignity and in order like things are done in line in the way that they're supposed to be done i don't really um i err on the side of caution when it comes to other people because i don't have a a first-hand knowledge of them so i'm only going by my perception of what they are giving me 
I believe that your, you know, feelings ain't facts. So yeah, you can, again, ain't, we are all human and nobody's perfect. And yeah, there have been times where you might see somebody out, you know, at a club, you know, on Saturday night, and then you see them in church on Sunday morning. That doesn't make them any less saved. That doesn't make them any less worthy. That doesn't change the calling that's on their life. It just might be in that moment or in that season or in that dispensation of time. They are not what you have put them to be. I think that all some of that goes into pastor religion too. But again, that's a conversation for another day. So, so how, so Lemia, how is this like, is it making you detour from the place that you want to do the things that you're doing or, cause I know it's not going to change what you want to do, but maybe this is the location becoming oh. more of a thought on if you want to do what you're doing there versus somewhere else because of what's taking place. It doesn't. It doesn't move. It doesn't move me to to do uh, to go anywhere else. I believe that uh, God puts me in position to to hear and see things uh, as as a learning opportunity. Because the best way I can sum everything up that we just said is, uh, like Jasmine, like Jasmine is saying. I'm not responsible for what you do in your darkness because I only see you in the light. Mm -hmm. Now, what now the other part of that is, um, are you going to be scared if somebody walks in your darkness and turn on the flashlight? Do you have something to hide? And if you don't, you, if you don't have nothing to hide again, you living in your authentic self. So go ahead, shine the flashlight. And so, but then it's like, oh, but in, in in that same thing, it's like when people turn that flashlight on, you have to be able to understand that there are people who live, uh, who live biblical principle, yep. and the Bible instructs us that iron sharpens iron, and we have we are charged with the uh, with the uh, task of making sure that each other are on the uh, are on the right path. They uh the newfound uh church has turned that into uh into judging, but the Bible doesn't call that judging. The Bible calls being a helper to your brother. Mm-hmm. People take that iron sharpens iron thing and twist it. Iron sharpening iron means that one one piece is weightier than the other. That's the only way for iron to actually sharpen iron. You should always be able to, you know, glean. But you should also be able to take correction at the same time. That's the only way things get strengthened. So, mm-hmm. do you feel like some people feel like they're not in a position to sharpen other iron? So, although you might not be on the level of you know the people above you, do you feel like do you feel like you would be able to go to you know go to those or whoever at any point in time to say, hey, you know, I feel like. I feel like you can be better in this area or maybe let's can we have a conversation so I can understand what you're doing maybe before I feel like maybe before I say what is on my mind about the whole thing do you feel like you're in a place to do that I sure do I I, are both of you yep I now I personally am I can have a personal conversation I can sit down schedule a meeting with my leader and say hey apostle 
this is what I'm seeing. You know, this is how I'm feeling. Now I'm going to check my flesh though, first to make sure that it's not my flesh being aggravated because your leader is supposed to aggravate your flesh. It's not supposed to be paying your head and telling you you're nice and wonderful. That's not supposed to happen. Sometimes they're going to cut your head off. Mm -hmm. But they have to know how, and you have to know how to approach your leader. But that is something you have to establish with your leader. Like you should, but you should, if you're not in a place where you can have those open conversations with your leader, I would probably say you're probably not in the right place then. That sounds like a dictatorship and not a democracy. I agree. I agree. And what about you, Lenny? How do you feel about the, you know, the, the, the physical location that you're in, where you're trying to practice your, you know, your way of living? Do you feel like you're able to sit people down? I don't feel like you have to hold a certain title to, to make someone better. Yeah. Um, if if I'm being if I'm pit, uh, being totally honest, um, I don't I don't believe so, and it's not just because that um, this is this is like going on my third month being a part of the ministry. It's just that uh, uh, discernment helps you feel helps you understand spirits and. Uh, there's there's a level of haughtiness mm. um, running rampant in um, in the spirit because everybody is talking about now they are spiritual and that is a very broad statement because yes there is a spirit realm what part of it are you in that you need to be specific. Because if I because I'm going to come at you with biblical truth, with biblical questions, I'm not asking you anything that makes uh, anything personal. That has nothing to do with me. If I'm 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 quote unquote questioning you from a biblical standpoint, if you love the if you love the Lord, that shouldn't make you feel like that you got to shut me down. And I mm-hmm. get that vibe. So I I know I'm here for a season. So I get what I need, and I uh, and I move and I move according to uh, the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Understandable. I feel like though you, even though you might be there for a season, I feel like because of the kind of person that you're you're becoming as the days go by, I feel like people are placed in certain places to. Maybe not create change, but just to start it, just to get the conversation started. So I feel like maybe before you know, before God moves you to find that right person to kind of you know sit down and say, "Hey, this is kind of how I'm feeling about everything. This is what I've noticed, and you know, maybe these might be the steps, or maybe we can figure out some steps to take to kind of to change the vibe because this is this is the place that people people go through so much stuff Monday through Friday." Mm-hmm. You know, they try to relax on Sundays from or on Saturdays from from the week, and then on Sunday they come to to get filled and get ready to start their weekend. So I feel like if if people don't have that place, or if they have the place, but the place isn't how it should be, it it can kind of start affecting people spiritually. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I feel like maybe you know find a way to you know insert yourself 
to 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 get the conversation started with with the right people. Uh, so I think that's very important. Oh yeah, um, I'm already attached to um, a part of the ministry that I already work in, um, kind of in my nonprofit. But uh, day by day, through my prayers that I ask the Lord, like who you want me to uh, bless today, lead me where you need me to go. So I'm I have the opening. But now I'm the Lord has me in, in a place where he he has me uh, silent. And but if he tells me to talk, I don't hold my tongue. <laughs> Be ready. There you go. I was quiet for too long. Yeah. <laughs> that can be a problem as well. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so um Two things. First of all, the conversation has been wonderful thus far, and I was just over here thinking and beat myself up because I did not introduce you all. <laughs> um, but that's okay because you know, family family don't introduce, uh, don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. But um, I, like I am going to uh, uh-huh. go ahead and, get, and, and 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 give this time right quick so y'all can introduce yourself. First of all, let me tell y'all what this is. Y'all ready for this? This is morning. The podcast is called Morning Inspiration Live. Okay. Okay. Uh, this segment that I'm working on, y'all are y'all are the first episode. Um, I wanna I wanna do like ten. Okay. And it's called and the the series is called Love Language. Okay. So even though we move from like natural relationships, we we still in relationships. Because the spiritual relationship that we're talking about now, mm-hmm. so I love it. So I know that the Lord is that the Lord is speaking. Um, so right now I'm not gonna introduce uh, introduce y'all. I'm gonna give the floor to y'all so y'all can introduce yourselves. Y'all can share whatever y'all need to share about yourselves and what y'all got going on, where people can reach y'all at, and, and and things like that. And I'm gonna let y'all do y'all thing. Jasmine, floor is yours. Um. Well, my name's Jasmine. Um, I am not very good at introducing myself because I am the type of person who a stranger is a friend that I just haven't met yet. Uh, <laughs> that's just kind of how I operate. I will give you my name and then, you know, I want you to tell me about yourself. I don't really know what people want to know. I'm, I don't know. What... Um, how people can reach me. I mean, I'm on social media platforms. I am on um, Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Um, my Instagram handle is at jdebray525. That's J-D-E-B-R-A-E 525. Um, I am a Mary Kay um, independent beauty consultant. Uh, I'm a freelance makeup artist. Um, that is my profession. Uh, I'm also a licensed insurance agent. Um, I am an encourager. That is what I do. And I'm probably the most excited person you'll likely come in contact with. Um, I always have a smile on my face. Hashtag smile ministry. I don't know what else y'all want to know. Okay. I second that. I second that bubbly, that bubbly stuff you were just talking about. (laughs) I don't talk, but she she got a way to make the make you smile and talk, even if you don't want to. Even if you don't want to. That's a start. 
it's interesting um, that, that we're doing this. Uh, well, first of all, my name is Raymond Holmes. Um, I reside in the Memphis area. Um, I am really not fond of people. I, I do not like, I try to keep my interactions not limited, but I don't necessarily go out of my way. But if we, if we end up having a conversation, I'll, I'll talk to you all day. Like, it's, it's no problem. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm, my name is Raymond Holmes. I'm 28. I'm a married individual to uh, my lovely wife, and I have two kids. Um, man, uh, yeah, I don't really, See? I don't, I don't, I don't have too much going on, man. And honestly, just this, this year in itself is just a year of just growing financially. That's, that's our, our mantra for the year. Um, you know, we're stable financially, um, but we, we have a lot of room to, to grow in that area. Um, Honestly, just as as the man, just trying to make sure my family's good, my kids are good. That's just really my my big thing. Um, I'm, I'm big on that. Uh, I'm big on people getting better, growing. Um, I don't believe you should ever be the same person you were the day before. Um, uh, yeah, and on Facebook, Instagram, it's it's Raymond Holmes Senior. Um, anyone ever needs to talk, man, I'm always here. Uh, I, I keep it as real as possible when I was like it, but I expect that in return as well. So um, it's a lot easier to give it just because I, I can I can handle it as well. I'm all about getting better myself. So yeah, I look forward to this uh, this journey that we're getting ready to partake in. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be fun. Awesome! Awesome. So, people, I'm going to give y'all a quick story uh, of how I know these individuals. Um, I'm going to start. I'm going to start with Jasmine first. <laughs> we, got, we got some history. We do. We do. Yeah. Um, so, I met, I met Jasmine. Uh, I was in barber school, and I put my name in the raffle. Mm-hmm. Unbeknownst to me, I thought I was going to get a spa day. <laughs> I get in the room and turns out this is a, a what was it a, a like a facial uh, yep. makeup uh, instructional tutorial. instructional facial with ma- optional makeup application yep so I think it was about fifteen women and like me and my brother yep <laughs> yep so, hey they were the smartest men in the room though I will say that. <laughs> So the introvert in me, I uh, got ready to just go out in the car, but uh, I believe she walked right over there and said, "So, are you going to uh, put the makeup on?" And right there, I just was, I was all in. I just went along with the process. <laughs> and um, well, I do sometimes just go along with it. Yeah. So I, we like we've been um, we've been cool and uh, ever since and. Yeah. We'll check in like that, but you know, I I I'm a firm believer in the friendships that I make. We don't check in, but we, we but we know we locked in. Yes, right. that's right. One hundred percent. Now, <laughs> <laughs> now you don't even gotta Holmes, say nothing if you don't want to. <laughs> uh, Holmes, uh, 
this is my uh this is one of my one of my best friends. He's a great stand-up guy. Uh he uh he is a, a a wonderful father. I'm saying all this stuff so he don't divulge into my secrets. From, uh, <laughs> 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 uh, no, he's. I met him in Germany. That was my um. I I think I I both of our first duty station. Um, uh-huh. we drove uh, trucks and we uh even then even uh those years ago we had conversation that was uh above our age and right then I, right then i knew i said I, I this is a guy that i know i'm probably going to be connected to for for a long while um and so we have, we've been cool ever since we, honestly we, i mean because like, you're, you're, you're leaving out a big part first of all i do used to come right here right mm. I, I i did not like going to it, it, the 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 pa Start going off base because the lines were ridiculous. So it was very useful to have somebody there, uh, which is honestly the greatest way to connect with people is get your haircut. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's nothing better. Um, I think what really kind of got us there, um, remember that mission <laughs> with the, the off duty police car uh, that we ran off the road? It wasn't. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, this sounds like a conversation that, I need to know more about. Mm-hmm. That's that's what got us. I think we were on CNN and everything. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's kind of you, you go through you go through some things with people. They'll tell you how you really are with them. That's real. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, it's it, it still shows up in, uh, on on Facebook and Instagram sometimes from time to time. All the time. Yeah, oh, boy. that was why that was a wild era. Yeah, never forget it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's 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 the what's the plan after this? What you got? So the plan after this, um, first of all, if you guys uh want to still be connected to do some of the other episodes, I'm fine with it. Um, oh yeah, most definitely. Yeah, no, no problem. What what I want to do, I want to expand the uh panel okay. because i want to i want an array of perspectives uh i want uh i want an unhealed uh man an unhealed woman um i already have a single woman i'm single but i'm not going to do a lot of talking I, if you notice that i sat back and let y'all and let y'all do y'all thing um because the dialogue is 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 what i is what i'm concerned about and I'm a firm believer in when it's when there's more than one, the dialogue flows better because you're able to bounce off each other. Right. So if we can get a array of people, uh unhealed man, unhealed woman, healed woman, healed man, um happily married couple. I'm not gonna say an unhappily married couple, but uh a couple that may be unashamed and and uh and sharing their struggles for healing, they'll be ideal. And then, uh, and then, like a seasoned pastor, hmm. just so we can cover okay. every base. Right, that would be great. Oh yeah, this sounds like it's definitely uh, going to resonate with some people, uh, especially with people's perspectives overall. Uh, in regards to relationships, 
as even as it deals with whether you're in ministry, out of ministry, whatever the case may be. I mean, I'm really just excited to hear the the coming episodes, to be honest. Like, I know we have been having a conversation, but, like, I want to hear, like, other perspectives. And then, yeah, maybe, like, a roundtable sort of thing and, you know, expanding on seeing where everybody's at. But, yeah. Right. I think it's great just because even though it sounds crazy to me, there's a lot of people out there who think that they're going through something, like, they're the only one going through it. So because mm-hmm. you're going to have that that wide array um, of people on your panel, it's just going to be great for everybody to be able to connect with the, the single person or the unhealed person or, you know, other pastors, you know, seeing that this pastor is kind of, you know, yeah. navigating a little bit of everything. Um, I think it's, it's, it's a good way for everybody to find a little something. For sure. So people also know that they're not alone, like, you're not the only person that struggles with, you know, X, Y, Z, dot, dot, dot. I, what, I will say what I've appreciated from this conversation, though, is being able to have both of y'all. Like, I know you said, I know, Lim, you said you wasn't really going to talk too much. But having that perspective from, you know, a single man and then a married man. Like, I love dialogue like that just to get to see if the if the vibe is the same across the board or even how y'all have a different opinion on certain things and stuff like that. So. There's a lot. Like, I'm yeah. glad you're doing this because like, this isn't like, we haven't even, we still can't even see the surface. Not at all. We, we, <laughs> there's, we, there's still so much, man. This is, this is just the light conversation. Cause when we start, oh, yeah. like for, for, for me personally, um, cause I know when people see me and my wife, they think, Oh, y'all are just great. Like, man, there are times where I really get on my wife's nerves. <laughs> and I know it. It's not on purpose, but it's just how it's just being a man sometimes, <laughs> honestly. Uh, so there, there's just a lot of different perspectives that are going to come. So I'm, I can't wait to, to see the next episode and how this oh, yeah. all, how your little baby grows. Absolutely. It's definitely an honor to be included in something like this, especially with. conversations that aren't being had or if they are being had it's not being it's not being expounded upon um a lot of people would a lot of people would just stop here and be like okay well that's all i needed thanks for your input Mm. and they would move on to something else so i think the fact that you're expanding upon this with even the different types of people that you want to talk to and even what you're calling it like love languages like listen everybody's love language is different so i uh yeah the the surface definitely hasn't even been scratched i think we didn't just you know stirred up some dust a little bit (laughs) and see you know the lord the lord made me a visionary and i've and i've owned that see so what i'm gonna share with y'all real quick is the my excitement about uh just this one, just this one episode is I've been healed now for two years. I've uh sent that uh that post out well over ten times about I need two I want two men and two women, a man and a woman to come on my podcast and talk relationships. There has been zero 
uh, communication, re interaction, or anything across the board. For the life of me, I could not understand why. This last time, I knew it was divine purpose because the way people start responding so quickly, I just knew, I, I knew it was time. That's why I'm so excited. And that's why I know that as we continue, these people, uh, the people uh, that are out here that have that have lost hope is the hope is going to be reignited the passion is going to be reignited the purpose is going to be fulfilled and relationship and love and and uh intention are going to be uh are going to uh retain their value once again probably even stronger this time i believe it i believe it. Yeah. yeah and i have to apologize on my part because i know we've talked about this so um, I I don't even have an excuse as to why we didn't get that, you know, get that ball rolling. So I'm glad you I'm I'm glad you personally stuck with it and kept believing and you know finally got to this point. So it ain't nothing to apologize I'm, I'm super for. Excited. It was the Lord the Lord said it wasn't time yet. That's all. Yep, I was just about to say sometimes you get things and it's just not the right time for it to be birthed. It may, you know, it's like, okay, well, here's this thing, but you just, you held on to the faith. You you were faith without works. There was work behind all the faith that you had in it. So it's come it's coming to fruition, and I'm I'm excited for you. I love stuff like this. I love having authentic conversations. It'd be irking my nerves to hear people give what you know are scripted responses. Like you know they want to yeah, be definitely. churched or sanctified and give you the politically correct answer. Please please spare me. I want to hear the real answer. Like you are a real person. Ain't nobody that in love 25-8, okay? You know. Oh, it's, 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 yeah, especially, and I, the reason I'm I'm going to enjoy this is because I'm not going to ask you how old you are, Jasmine, but the, the, the 28 to 35 year old range is such, you know, we always talk about the younger 20s and how crucial, but like this this time period that we're in right now is is where we're, we're fully grown adults and mm -hmm. a lot of people are trying to seek relationships or seek, you know, their, their, you know, whatever they're trying to do for, to, to stabilize their life as far as work. And then we're talking about, you know, now that we're older, because for, for, I'm assuming all three of us, you know, growing up when you're a child, Sunday, you go to church because of Sunday, or because your parents are made to you. Now you have some kids who are just like, man, I can't wait to get to church on Sunday. And I was kind of one of those kids, but at the same time, you know, when it's Sunday, you know, you're going. But now that we're older, we're kind of able to think for ourselves and, you know, kind of dig, you know, kind of learn the Bible for us, and not because of what somebody's just saying every Sunday. So I feel yeah. like this is just a crucial, a crucial time period in our life. And also, like I said, you want to be spiritual about things, but then there's also reality in things, you mm -hmm. know? So and I don't really think we get, we either get one or the other. Like I see all these podcasts and, you know, it's all reality, all, you know, all these crazy conversations and hypothetical situations, but then that podcast will never enter the spiritual side of it. But then I'll see these spiritual podcasts and they're never like you know, being realistic about life either. You about know? being real people, yeah. yeah. And, and by the way, I will happily oh. answer the question. I'm 32. I have okay. no shame. I have no shame about it. I am 32. Gotcha, gotcha. And then all these broken people uh, get these get these major platforms. <clears throat> spew all this uh 
uh, nastiness about how uh, dating and relationships are horrible. Mm-hmm. Men are horrible. Women are horrible. The plat- their, their platform is huge. 30,000, 300,000, 1.5 million followers. These people are tuning in and soaking this stuff up on a daily basis. There has to be something that, that breaks them that breaks that divide mm-hmm. and re and re uh and reintegrates God as the source because that's what everybody is disconnected from that. That's why yeah. that's why this stuff ain't working. And yeah. that's why I'm asked out this last question. Um that encompasses this whole thing about around relationships and, and marriage and, and all this stuff and why it's not taken serious. Um, my belief is that it is that there isn't teaching on the purpose of marriage. Marriage, marriage has a specific purpose that is designed for, but we only get told the, because, uh, uh, she my rib, or because I'm the head, and and it's, and God says it's not good for man to be alone. Portion, there's work behind the marriage uh, that come that comes with that. I've studied the scripture back and forth. I know all the scriptures almost word for word, like the back of my hand. So I'm there with the purpose of what marriage is. My question is. I want to know what do you, what do you guys feel the purpose of marriage is? Oh, I'll let you go first. Um, see, I was gonna let you go first since you were married. Um, I would say that marriage, to me, the purpose behind marriage would be um. That's a very loaded question. Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, obviously, I believe that marriage has its purpose in regards to like procreation, um, you know, for continuing on humanity. Um, but also in terms of kingdom work being done, like having that partner in life that will help you further God's kingdom. Like, I just there's, I, I guess the best way for me to describe it would be there's just something about seeing two people who are individuals in their own right, who are both rooted in God, they come together and make this huge impact in the kingdom. Whether it be together, like if they have a ministry together or something like that, or they're still operating independently within ministry but still furthering the kingdom, bringing souls to Christ. I just, I guess that's the best way for me to describe it. Kingdom impact and procreation would be the things that I would say marriage is purpose for. Um, I'm, it, it's very, I don't think it's something that I, I've ever really thought about maybe what the purpose of it is behind because I feel like to Jasmine's point, the kingdom work we've seen people do it as just a single individual we've seen people Mm -hmm. create these massive ministries and lead all these people just themselves and they didn't have a partner um we also see it on a daily basis people having kids and they're not married Mm -hmm. we have a lot of great people turn out from having being in a household and never having a parent that was married 
So I don't know if I can fully say that marriage that like that's the purpose of marriage. Do I feel like marriage makes things easier in certain aspects? Like as far as raising a kid, yes. I feel like you ha- you don't have one parent doing it. I feel like marriage when when you have a marriage and it births kids and you have two people raising one individual or multiple individuals, they're they're more well rounded, which creates you're putting a better you're putting a better product out into the world. Not that all the products turn out to be, you know, whatever they're supposed to be, but I just feel like having a partner in life to do whatever, kingdom work or, you know, just just work in just the real world in, in general, I just think it makes it a lot easier. Like, I couldn't imagine having kids and being just, it just being me. Like, having my wife makes things so much easier when women there's things that women understand that men don't and vice versa so when you put those two things together i think the, the possibilities are in. very loaded question sir I yeah. just, it's a very loaded question good question very good question mm-hmm. very good question well i believe that's all i have I do have a question for y'all, though. What's up? Okay. So, since we're on the subject of relationships, as men, one being single, one being married, what would you say defines a healthy relationship? Um, I think the foundation is probably the most important part. And what, what is that foundation built off? Is it is it built off, you know, just the, the constant breaking up and getting back together? Is it, you know, being together and, you know, communicating? Like for me, I would say that's probably what my foundation is built off because when I first met my wife, we didn't start dating. She was going into college and I was going into my senior year of high school. So all we could do for a whole year was just simply communicate. That's all we could do. So that was our foundation right there. So no matter where we went, um, in life, when we got back together, our foundation had already been established. And I feel like because it was communication, that's kind of what made it healthy. Um, I feel like just simply being able to, communication is not just about talking, it's also about listening, which is why I think that's probably the, the something that can make a relationship the healthiest. Like if you can talk, you can also listen because you do have two ears and only one mouth. So you should be listening twice as more, you know, that you speak anyway um so i think that would be my my answer to your question uh, mr 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 smith you don't get out of that question sir <laughs> um i don't think i'm qualified to answer that question i haven't had a su- successful relationship <laughs> i didn't say a successful one nah, i said a oh, healthy, healthy one. Oh yeah now nah, um but <laughs> okay so <laughs> So, um, at the risk of sounding cliche, because people seem to think that I talk about God a lot just because, and because I, I want to make it sound good, people understand that this is my life. Like, it don't go, it don't go outside of the Lord. Like, He is everything. It, it when I blink, it's thank you, Jesus. So, um. A healthy relationship for me is understanding, like like Raymond said, a foundation. 
the foundation that I believe that formulates the relationship is predicated off what Raymond said, but in in its center on relationship with God. If I if I'm in relationship with God, that means I can hear. So communication is not a, is already not a, a problem. If I'm in, if I'm in relationship with God, understanding is not a problem. If I'm if I'm in relationship with God, uh, uh, my role is understood. That's not a problem. That so my the expectation is that we are we are mutually in a relationship with God. Doesn't mean we have to be on the same level, but there has to be a relationship because uh, people say they want a godly marriage and I think they jump to that part and forget that you can't just jump to godly marriage you got to have a godly relationship mm -hmm. and I think that's what people really miss the mark they so focus on the marriage aspect you can get God when you get married but it'll be easier it will it you will have you will have more help down the line when you have him in there first. So for me, if when when he's there first and he's the anchor and he's the center, that's that's gonna lead to a, a sustained healthiness. I have a question for you. So let's say you meet a woman, right? Mm -hmm. Is the belief in God okay? I'm assuming the belief in God is not enough, right? Would you agree? Like believing God is not enough. It's not to continue to. Okay, so what does? Let's just say something. The woman's not on your level. Mm. What does the relationship have to look like? Because again, anybody can go to church. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, then doesn't mean that they're living how they should. But like, what would? What do you need to see? You know, from that woman to say, "Hey, okay, you know what? We we our foundation can can be built on this. We, we're not on the same level, like you said, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I see that there's, as most women say, when it comes to men, there's, uh, what's the word? There's um, oh, what's the word? Like when you you see something in somebody, and like it's not potential. really there, but you yeah, there's potential. You see the potential, and like what is what does that potential need to look like? It's so simple. And I, I, I'm glad you asked this question. I'm, I'm totally prepared for it. Um, <laughs> you either need, you uh, you have to either be healed, uh, be in the process of healing or, uh, or be willing to be healed. Okay. Any one of those two we find. But if you're, if you're in denial about healing, oh, I can't do nothing with you. Don't you okay. don't talk to me. I like that. I like don't that. Don't talk to me because you're gonna you're gonna disrupt my peace. <laughs> it makes one hundred percent sense. I got you. Hmm. So See, that's why I feel like you're I feel like you're more do you feel like you're ready? Maybe if if it if it comes along? Like you're ready to like say, okay, you know what, we can we can really figure this thing out. I can get married tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even I'm, I'm, not, I'm really not trying to be funny but I have done I have done the work to get prepared like and I know that there's no such thing as being uh 100% ready 
But I've done the work to understand that, okay, all I'm looking for right now is the woman who is willing to fall because I know I'm going to catch her. She has to be, she has just have, she has to have the courage to fall. Oh, I hear it. I hear the I hear the readiness, which is why. I, yeah, I, I, that is. Listen, I tell you. Well, I had a sister. <laughs> you said what? <laughs> I said if I had a sister, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> yeah, that's not bad, right there. Yeah, that man. is all right by me, sir. That is all right by me. I appreciate that. God be the glory. I can't take none of that. Even though I'm smiling and my cheeks hurt. <laughs> yeah, he just, said he, think, he's ready. Yeah. I don't think but, enough people get to that point before they decide to take that next step in any kind of relationship or any kind of thing in nope. life. Like, are you 100% ready to... Like, do you understand... Like the responsibility that is getting ready to be, especially I ask all guys this: like, it's not just about getting married and starting a family. Like, you have a true responsibility. Like, even if you know, even if you don't believe in God or you're not religious or spiritual or anything like that, like, there's just another level of responsibility that comes with it. And if you're not sure, don't do it. All right? Do you understand what you're asking for? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And see now, see, see, and this is what I teach. Um, and this is what I'm trying to uh, instill in the community that I work in uh, while I'm working uh, with the kids. Um, understand and accept purpose early. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean that you can't live your life, but when you have when you when you accept purpose and you do the work to understand your purpose early, it helps you. Number one, stay out of trouble a lot more. It helps you focus on the things that you that are important, and it helps you set up for the future. That's what that's what I evaluated uh, that led to my brokenness. I wanted love more than I wanted to provide, and so I had I took myself off the market because I was I was defective, and so I had to go back to the uh, I had to go back to the manufacturer. Um, I'm trying to so, that, my brother. I traded in my individual, uh, in individual mind, and I asked him, "Can I get a? Can I get a primary mind?" Mm-hmm. And so now everything that I do is predicated on if I meet the woman. Can how how ready am I to marry her? And I just need to be in the. I just as long as I'm in the position to be ready. That's 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 preparedness, mm-hmm. and so that I, so I'm moving that thing. Everything I do is for that is for that reason. Can I just say that I love that you said when you meet the woman and not a woman, mm-hmm. like that's that specific verbiage right there should tell any woman that you come across what you really are all about. I'm looking for the person, not. A person, but the person. Mm-hmm. Listen, that right there, at as a woman, that speaks volumes to me because it lets me know that you're not out here just looking for a good time. You are seeking a good thing. Right. 
your the, good thing specifically. See, and I just put that on Facebook that this is this will make my fourth year uh, being celibate. Um, I'm not looking. I'm I'm uh, looking for something very specific. Mm-hmm. Body won't do it. You can get that anywhere. You sure can, and it's gonna <laughs> go away. And if that is all, as a woman, if all you have to offer is your physical appearance, baby, there is a lot more wrong than there is right. Mm-hmm. 100%. So, Having, so as two people, as two people that are dating, or you know, trying to turn in that in that world, and for which I believe in, how do y'all determine, like, first, how do you set your standards to kind of like, I guess, weed people out? But then once you once you do get that person, like, what what lets you know if you're you're wasting your time or not? As a woman. Um, so as far as like as far as what would can take you out of the running um is not respecting the boundary lines not respecting me um I'm very I am very communicative so I'm going to let you know you know what is and what ain't I'm I'm willing to let you know what lines we are and what we're not going to cross. I also am very intentional about who I choose to spend time with off gate anyway. Um, yes, I am. I'm very, I am naturally bubbly. I am, I say an extroverted introvert. Um, once I'm comfortable with you, I will let all of the extrovertedness out. I will always have a smile and a kind word for somebody, but that doesn't mean I'm going to allow you to be in my space like that. Um, but as a woman, I am also not looking. I am living my life um, as a single woman, meaning I am doing the things that God wants me to do, walking in my purpose and having conversations with people and things like that. But I, as far as and I realized that that's something that I was doing before was I was look I was looking right. I was looking for a man point. and not right. allowing the right man to approach me. I, my pastor, right. she, she told me and she hurt my feelings when she said it, but she told me that I give off masculine energy. She told me I needed to emasculate myself. That thing hurt my feelings. Cause I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm very feminine. And while I am very feminine from a physical standpoint, because of what I come from, um, of having to be essentially the man and a woman in previous relationships and not trusting a man to do what, you know, trusting my man at that point to do what he said he was going to do, pay bills, take care of things like that. Like I've had to do it for myself. So that in in and of itself right now is something that I am still dealing with because I am, I come from that, you know, I'm independent, you know, I got it, I'll do it. But you know, as a, as what I'm learning is, is that in order to be an effective wife, in order to be an effective help me, I have to allow the man to be the man. I cannot wear the britches and the skirt in the relationship. I got to sit down somewhere, let him handle it. But so, so for me, um, your intentions with me are everything. 
that is something that I like, you know, dating casually is fine. Like we can go out to eat, get to know each other, hee hee ha ha, you know, all of that thing. But once it gets to the point where if we're regularly dating, then we need to have the intentions conversation. And if your intentions aren't, if your intentions are not clear, that tells me everything I need to know you, because if you don't know what you want, I, what am I supposed to do with that? Twiddle my thumbs yeah, and wait yeah. for you to figure it out? 100. I, I agree. I'm glad to hear that. 100%. That was amazing. It was. This is good. <laughs> this was good. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a give a very brief response to that. That, why you was talking, right? Mm-hmm. The 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 teacher in me, uh, all I could think about was Ruth and Boaz. I can't remember the lady name who present uh, who positioned uh, Ruth what she needed to be. But Naomi, Naomi. But the key is in what you said uh, that you just gonna be at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Naomi didn't present her or t- go up there and talk to Boaz. He she knew Boaz come out here to this field around this time. He said she said go out here and do this work right here, right here. And he go and, and she knew that he was gonna come out there and he was gonna see her. And she and he she knew that he was gonna be fine to her. So you just you right there, you I everything that you said, you was you was already talking biblical principle. And that I mean what 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 more can I say after that? I love it. I love it. That's something you have to learn, though. It's not always taught, though. That is, that is something that I had to learn. Um, the world will teach you, you know, being an independent woman. I don't need no man, and I got it. Listen to me. I am a damsel in distress. Help me. <laughs> I don't want I I operated like that for a very long time, and I catch myself even now still operating like that but there are major decisions that I have to make um but something that my pastor is working with me on is allowing God to be my husband and consulting him first in everything that I do instead of me making the decisions right instead of me making the decisions and Jasmine saying well this is what I want to do and just doing it I have really had to commit myself into that of every single day opening my eyes having that time with God first thing in the morning and saying okay what is it that you want me to do today and I have to do that and trust and believe it is I I am a recovering control freak okay God I be in here be like Jesus are you sure okay yep you're sure all right you know I'm not I'm hard-headed I'm not scared to admit it I am Because it takes a long time to unlearn the things that you have been, you know, raised to be a lot of things that you have to unpack and deal with. So, yeah, but I, me and Jesus being here and I'd be like, all right, so this is the rundown of things. What do you need me to do? Or what should I do first? And it has definitely created a lot more ease for me. Takes the pressure off of it of me because I know at the end of the day I'm not I'm not the boss anyway I'm not in control 
he gonna do what he want to do anyway it really don't matter how much I push and pull I'm just gonna prolong the inevitable so I might as well just go sit my happy hips on down somewhere and um talk to him first and be like all right Jesus what we doing where are we going right and so I'll I'll, I'll say this as as someone who's married um that that same dialogue that you you know that you have with God um on a day-to-day basis like the, the, the exact way that it goes allowing him you asking questions but you asking him to lead you it's, I don't want to get. I don't want to use that word. It's gonna have to go the same exact way when you get married. Now, here's the difference: because you can you can be that same way with a man, but if the man doesn't do his part, like you're doing yours, like yes, I'm I'm leading you now, but there's times where I need to to stand in front of you, but there's also times where I'm gonna have to learn to stand beside you. I can't always be in front of you because you know we're helpmates. So it's not me, you know, just saying and saying and you just doing and doing. It's, you know, there'll be times where I say, hey, let's just do this. This is what I think is best. And then there's other times where it needs to be like, okay, you know what? I really don't know what we should do here. What do you think? You know, and that, because it doesn't work like that for guys when it comes to us. Well, I can't speak for everybody, but us talking to God, like, yeah, we're asking God for wisdom and, you know, um, what we should do and being patient and praying and having faith and things like that. But because there's no like, we're, we're never leading God, right? right? But somehow we're chosen to, to lead another, to, to lead a woman, which I always find interesting because at no point in time do we ever tell God, you know what, this is what we're gonna do. You know, this is, this is the plan that I have, which, you know, they always tell us, if you wanna make God laugh, tell him what you have planned. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I always find it interesting that because we've never led God and that we're given the opportunity to lead another human, it, it's, it's such a great responsibility, but it can be beautiful at the same time if, if both people, you know, really understand that this is, this is, you know, we're a team. And it's not just me, 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 me. Oh, I'm the man. And I said this, I said to do that. It's not the case. Because as a woman, you're still a woman at the end of the day. You still hold right. a lot of power, which a lot of people, a lot of women lose that knowledge that like, you know, even though I'm a woman, I'm still, I'm, 100% capable. I'm still powerful. My my words are are everything. More oh yeah. You know. Women have that so. thing about um and I think when I think you posted something about this on submission, but women forget and I don't know why, but submitting to your husband doesn't mean you're under his thumb. Like right. being a and I think a, a lot of it has to do with um the man that you are with if he is following God I just I always think about the umbrella and I've seen this picture a thousand times and I never really understood it but it was like this big umbrella and it was God was the umbrella and then right directly underneath was husband wife child and that's just that's the way that it was designed but being submitted or being submissive is not you being a second class citizen in your own home. It simply just means you you follow your husband as he follows God. Right. It, but being naturally submissive, you're a little bit more dominant than you realize. Like there's it's a power exchange. Like you're supposed to that's how that works. It's it's a power exchange. You submitting to your husband, I don't know. My 
my, I really wish I had my notebook up here. My pastor, she, she just did a teaching on the family series and she was telling us all about this, about the power exchange within a marriage. So hearing that from you, listen, I, that if, if we don't know each other, so if I'm getting that, you know what I'm saying? If I'm getting that instruction from my, you know, from my pastor, and then I have this man who doesn't, who doesn't even know me, that's confirmation that things I have to operate decently and in order according to God's will. So people hear the word submissive and it's just like, oh, ain't nobody finna tell me what to do. Oh, okay, well, you're going to be by yourself yeah, it's not a, And it's not about that. Like, it's two things people always say. First, why people don't agree with the order of God, man, wife, kids. Like, some women really put their kids above everything. Like, well, mm-hmm. my kids come first. And, like, it's, like, you're messing up the order so much that you're disturbing your your home. Yeah. Like, and so now the man has to compete with you and the fact that your kids are, like, it, it's just too much. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, Can I jump in there? Yeah, yeah. So, y'all are not already, y'all are not already set the scene. Now, I told y'all, I don't speak on marriage from the experience point of view, I should be going to marriage from the biblical perspective. Mm-hmm. Right. I was going to ask y'all to come on uh, season I mean, episode two because I was going to hit submission. Seems like we already here. <laughs> we can wait if that's what you want to do. No, yeah. it's too. It's too late now. We can't leave. We can't leave it like that. <laughs> I'm on a cliffhanger. We about to. We, <laughs> what, what's good about way to start. About the threefold this confirmation. Okay. Okay. So, Jasmine, you you pointed out the the live I made about submission. Mm-hmm. A lot of pastors like to go to a lot of pastors, and not just pastors, a lot of men like to go to uh, while submit to your husbands. Mm-hmm. You're missing it. It's a reason why they get taught. Uh, women get talked to after men get uh, men get addressed first. The very first submission word is the man submitting to God. Mm-hmm. How? What do you mean? I'm glad you asked. Husbands love your wife like Christ loved the church. Christ, how did Christ love the church? We are the church. We are the body of Christ. What? How did Christ show his love for us? He gave his life. So when you show the woman that you claim you love, that you want to marry, that you are willing to give your life, it ain't going to be no power struggle for mm-hmm. submission. Nope. nope. It'll naturally happen. Let me, get, let me get some more biblical understanding on uh, submission. Adam did the very first submission work. Uh, Adam was at work. God looked down and said, it's not good for man to be alone. God put Adam in a state of rest. That is a, that is, that is a position of submission. He laid him down and put him to sleep. He submitted him so that he can take his rib out and make this woman. Adam woke up. God didn't have to prompt him to think or nothing like that. Adam looked at her and said, flesh of my flesh. It wasn't even a thought. He immediately took responsibility. Now, how he do that? If he if he ain't if he wasn't already submitted to God, he knew he knew what he was made from. Mm-hmm. 
So he said, I he said, so I'm first. Now I'm woke. I see another. He it got to be me. So so uh husband love your wife, uh, love your wives like Christ loved the church. This flesh is my flesh. I'm willing to die for myself. Raymond, you willing to die for yourself? Oh, of course. So your wife is your real. So automatically you must be willing to die for her. Yeah, no question. So and here well, two things. What what I need men to understand when it comes to the whole submission thing is that when you have anybody in leadership, when you're submitting to your pastor, to your you sit you submit to your boss, to, to whoever the case may be, when people are submitting to you, you are it is now that submission now turns into servitude. I'm here to, you're submitting to me, but I'm here to serve you. I'm here to, aka, protect you, provide, guide, love, nurture. I'm supposed to do all those things. It's, it's no longer, like, yeah, you're submitting in, you know, at the surface, but beneath all of that, it's, what can I do for you, right? And then once we get to that, get to the whole thing, the, the, the one thing that I took when we did um, premarital counseling, the one thing that has stuck with me since the very beginning is trying to figure out how to outserve each other. Because now we don't have to look at it as submission. It's just, what can I do for you? What can you do for me? Mm-hmm. And if we look at it that way, it's no longer about me being in charge of you or whatever the case may be. It's, it's how can we make each other's lives easier at the end of the day? Because mm-hmm. we're equal at the end mm-hmm. of the day, right? Mm-hmm. So I think the whole submission thing, especially with women not wanting to submit, because they feel like, oh, I'm independent, or I don't need, you know, I don't need a man, and I don't need all this. It's, it's not, it's not about that. It's, it's much more than submission. Submission is just the word we're just throwing on it. It's just what we're naming it. Mm-hmm. But it, it's much more than that. And see, that's what, and I would, I'm glad you went there because that's where I was going next. Is that uh, now when she submits, it doesn't mean that her mission is obsolete. It just means that as long as you, as long as that man stays submitted to God, that the mission from God comes first, and He gives it to He gives it to the man to take charge of. So there's an underlying mission under right. the mission that God gave that is priority, which is her mission. That mission must still go on. Right. So it's all about now. Now, now comes the helpmate. Mm-hmm. Now we are helpmates to one another mm-hmm. because now I have this priority and I need you to nurture me to do this. And now she has her mission too that now now I'm responsible for it as well. So now I got to be attentive to help with her mission also. One hundred percent. So I yeah. and I, so I don't believe in all those uh uh roles and all that stuff. I do believe there's a place for them. As far as uh the hierarchy, but like ain't no such thing as uh I'm a man, I don't cook, I'm a man, uh I don't wash dishes. If you love your wife and you love you love your marriage, you will. Right. Yeah, that's true. And it's like why even put all that on one person, no matter what it is though. Like why right. why why come in with that expectation? Um I believe that there's there's multiple and you think about any kind of team, everybody has a role and we all have the same goal at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And if your goal isn't isn't what you know, if your goal just for 
you know, sports sake. If your goal isn't to win, I don't want you on my team. And, right. and marriage should be the same way. If if you don't want the same things that I want, and you don't, you know, you don't want to be fruitful, and you don't want to be able to grow this thing into something much more than ourselves, then you're on the wrong team. Mm-hmm. You're fighting against. You're fighting against me at this point. So the conversation has to be had. Absolutely. But you should know. You should know the goal. Like you know, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, that you know that that conversation always has to take place in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. You got to know what you're working with. Absolutely. I don't. I don't believe in the stereotypical gender roles. Um, now, however, I will draw a line at the trash, though. Like, <laughs> please come take out this trash. I think every, every woman please. And then I got to roll the can and bring it back. Please, somebody, please. <laughs> so, but stuff like that, like, yeah. But I think, again, independence as individuals, though, too, because as a woman, I do know how to cook, I know how to clean keep house, all of those things. I do know how to take out the trash. You know, I keep up the maintenance on my car. All of those things you should be able to operate, you know, and do on your own. But it is, you know, having to help me. Like, what can I do to help things flow a little bit better? Is there something that you want me to take off your plate? You know, is there something that you would like me to add to yours? It's a give and take. It should always be like that. Now see, 100%. now see, I, I, I stand in agreement somewhat with that trash uh statement, uh, because I'm a firm believer in uh that's how I just that's just how I was raised. That I take that trash out. I'm I'm gonna do that. Now, if I'm at work and it's eleven o'clock and I and I don't get out till five and you at home, you better take that trash out. <laughs> so I better not come home and get that trash out. <laughs> now. Does it have to be out, out, or can it just be at the door? No, it, it need to be in the trash can outside. You know, I might be willing to make that concession depending on what, you know, depending on what we've decided. Again, that conversation, you know, once we decide to get married, you know, am I staying at home? Am I still working? What are we doing? Yeah, I could do that. Right. Where I'm at right now, though, please take out this trash. Please, for me, please take trash. I think if it's a once in a while, um, so I'm trying to think of when the last time I can't even think of when the last time my wife took the trash down to the I might have been out of town and maybe that's why she did it. Uh, but for or getting gas, like I still can't tell you the last time she got gas in her car either. So it, it's mm. this little thing like that. Now, if you just absolutely like you about to run out of gas, don't. Don't just run out of gas because you know you don't ever get it. <laughs> like, you know, like just get five, ten dollars just to get you home or something, and then I'll, you know. So I just, I, I think um, you just have to kind of be be wise about it, but for the most part. Oh yeah. Um, you ain't got uh-huh. you ain't got to roll the trash cans to the street, you know. But take it out the house. Oh, okay. I'll and listen. then okay, yeah, 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 that makes. Sense. Because on that same level, if I if I'm at home and you're a career woman, you work. If I get home for you, I'm not gonna sit at home for two hours and then when you walk in the door and be like, "That ain't about time. I'm hungry." No, oh, yeah, I'm gonna cook Okay, so here's here's my thinking on this. First of all, those are fighting words as far as I'm concerned. Not in the sense that I won't do it, but in a sense of okay, if you're hungry, that's cool. 
did you at least take out the meat? Do you know what you want to eat? I don't have a problem in doing it first, but don't bring it to me like that because then we're going to be fighting. Okay. Mm -mm. I'm going to walk out the house and try to come back in and we're going to redo it. Something, something like that going to happen. The delivery. But like, I wouldn't have a problem in doing that if that, again, is something we have established that that is something that I want to partake in. As I really don't think there's any woman who is like that. Now, there are some men who just prefer to cook in their homes. But like me personally, please don't be in my kitchen. <laughs> Love you mean it. Please get out of my kitchen. But that's me. Mm. That's That's me. You know, right? You know, previously, I, you know, in a past relationship, I did date a man who that was what he wanted to do. He wanted to cook. All right, I'm gonna just go ahead and sit on over here. You said you got it, so you got it. But like I said, if, if that's something that you want at the end of the day, like if we both work and you get home before I do, and that's fine, but don't tell me that you're hungry because I'm be like, bro, you passed what McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King, the grocery store. You could have grabbed a, a Slim Jim at the gas station. I'm about to throw my shoe at you. Right. <laughs> but, you know, but it's, no, it's, I it's all about conversation. Oh, yeah. Conversation it's, and it's, delivery, that's all too. It's about. Yep. Uh-huh. Sometimes it's not about what you say. It's also about that's how you, how you say, say it, too. For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. No, I don't have a problem with that. Laundry. I just want to know how you laundry. Who does? Man, me and my wife hate laundry, so... <laughs> It'd be, especially now that we have two kids, man, everybody got laundry. And it's like, bro, where, like, we don't even be buying, like, where's all this stuff coming where from? Where did it come from? Like, and then people want you to get it out the dryer and straight go fold it right then and there. And it's just like, bro, I just spent three hours just getting it to get clean. And now I got to fold it too. And, and put it away. Like, and, that's a lot. And put it away. That's it's, a lot. It's, 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 it's a battle. <laughs> in our house like we both do it you know I'll, I'll throw something in before I go to work so that it can at least be washed and it should throw in dryer how we you know we we get it done when we get it done you know do the um, dirty clothes make it in the dirty clothes hamper oh oh no okay let me be honest I'm I'm not gonna sit up here and lie <laughs> there'll be times where I'll lay stuff on my chair next to my bed and I won't put it away and she, she, I'm I've gotten a lot better. I will bring her over here I've gotten a lot better <laughs> with okay. it. and it's not even it's not even Gross. intentional like it, it's yeah it's not intentional or like I'm just trying to like be dirty or anything but it's just like a long day and I'll just like take my clothes off and just lay them on the chair they won't be like all over the place but it's it's usually the same spot but here lately like over the last like five six months I've gotten a lot better with it uh especially because I see how much it irritates her so I have to really <laughs> like sit myself down and be like look it's not that hard bro just take your stuff off and just walk five feet into the closet and put your stuff in this in this there. decorative hamper that I just spent yeah. money on for the clothes. Just put it yeah. in the hamper. You don't even got to sort it. I love the fact that you put it in the wash though. But yeah, put, yeah. just put it in the bath in the basket in the basket. I don't know if that's just I don't know if that's a hard wiring thing. I feel like all guys have at know. some point in time said that. Like, do y'all? In your in your bachelor season, did do y'all buy laundry baskets? Oh, Masha, did I have a laundry basket in my apartment, or did I have like a bag? I think I just had like a bag, and I just go to my mom's house and wash. <laughs> so I don't okay. think I had a laundry basket. No, I didn't even Maybe have. That's... I have a dresser or nothing. I just had a bed and a TV. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, it's a simple life. 
I shall I shall do some research on that. I shall. Lim, do you have a laundry basket? So I still use uh No, you don't. You better not say it. Up and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my summer bag from the army as my laundry bag. <laughs> Seriously. That's funny. I do have a I do have a hamper though. I use it from time to time, but it's only for clean clothes. That is funny. That is. Okay. So the we're getting bag. we're getting somewhere. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a study now. Now research is gonna go involved in this. And now I'm really curious. Well, it's all right. I shall report my findings. But um, it's it's like I don't a have questions to ask. It's like a video game. Like it stuff don't get unlocked until uh, a new character is uh, is open. <laughs> that has to be what it is, cause man. <laughs> No, that's that's that he's one hundred percent right. Cause like I said, when it was just me, uh, myself, I had a simple life. I went to work, coached basketball, came home, and that was it. And then once I got, you know, married and whatnot, like buying furniture and decorating houses, like it's like what? Like what is all this? And then listen. obviously oh is that y'all were really? Listen, 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 and I want y'all to I want y'all to understand, hear me clearly. I'm not dirty. I'm not a dirty person at all. But I don't understand. Like, why do I need to clean every day if don't nobody come over here? <laughs> that's, that's my whole point. Like, nobody ever came over. Wasn't even, dirty. Even if nobody, see, okay, even if nobody <laughs> comes over, and again, this may just be because we are like hardwired differently, men versus women. But for me, even if nobody is coming over, as a woman, I have 85,642 different things firing off in my brain at any given time. Mm -hmm. So for me, if I can keep my home, my true place of peace, and everything is in its designated place, and there's no clutter, I can think more clearly, I can operate and maneuver more freely and that's one thing that I know is not on my plate. Like, I don't have to worry about, okay, well, you know, there's peanut butter and jelly on the ceiling. Something is on fire. <laughs> I don't know how to change this tire. I still have to do 16 loads of laundry. I got to work. I got to do this. I got to do that. Like, all of that stuff is constantly flowing in my brain. I can't speak for all women, but for me, but my home. Yeah, my wife is the same way. Nah, like I want put it put it back where you got it from. Like people, my friends automatically know when they come over here. Depending on what room we are in, I'm going to absolutely a thousand percent clean up after everybody leaves. Like I'm not gonna go to bed until the room is back how it was. And there are certain rooms in my house. If you don't get a coaster, if you don't go put that in the sink, don't touch that. Put it back where you got it from. Like that's. Mm-mm. Don't 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 do that. I can't. I just can't function in clutter. So yeah, it doesn't matter if anybody's coming over or not. Like shit. Put the di- first of all, put the dishes in the sink. I I personally can't sleep with the dirty kitchen, so my kitchen is always going to be clean. And then downstairs, like you know, I might leave a blanket or something out, or the pillows might not be completely set back in the way they were. But please believe, before I walk out of the house. Mm-mm. My house is when I come back, I'm gonna be able to just flow freely. Talking about so, ain't nobody coming over. 
so here's so here's the thing. So as you can see, you and Lemio think oh you and Lario you and Lemio think two different ways as a as a man and a woman, right? Yeah. So if we just want to take it back to the biblical part. You know how the Bible says that your ways aren't his ways, your thoughts are his mm-hmm. thoughts. Y'all aren't y'all are two two different beings, so y'all aren't gonna think the same. The the thing that happens is when y'all come together and y'all thinking isn't a like from jump. It's not that it got that way. It's just that that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. So now you have to try to figure out how to come to a, a compromise or figure out what works or what you can be better at that you're not, you know, you know, better at as a man and then what as a woman, what can you calm down from? That mm-hmm. you, you, know, you you probably make it a ten, but in his mind it's only a two. You know, yeah. it's like not really a big deal to him because he, you know, like he said, hey, what do we need all that stuff for? Ain't nobody coming over. <laughs> you know, but to you, <laughs> but to you, it's just like the end of the world. You know, oh, yeah. like it, it has to be this way. So that's where like the the little tough battles come in. That's com- that's just compromise. Like, yeah. I think that's just compromising. Like, absolutely. If you do not put them clothes in that laundry basket, I might, it might not be the end of the world, but I'm gonna I'm a probably be like, all right, babe, can in the laundry basket this time? Let's the try. problem comes in when you're having to say something about it all the time. That's where the frustration. Yeah, the frustration so, all so of the I, time. I understand that part. But then maybe at some point in time, it might even just be, you know what? Let me just go ahead and maybe if I move it in a place where he might see it, or let me just yeah. ask him, like, hey, you know that basket that we got in the room? Uh, why don't your clothes ever make it in the basket? Like, I probably would pose that particular question, you know, but. You know, he'll probably ask me, like, well, why does the kitchen need to be clean before we go to bed? Oh, no, that's not negotiable, the kitchen. But um, that basket, I don't know. It's just something about that basket. Does it need to be a different color? Should it be in the form uh, of a basketball goal, a football end zone? What do, the, in order for the clothes know. to get in the basket, what do I need to do to it, get the clothes in the basket? If it's a if it's a hamper with a lid, I don't like the lid because I okay. it, it feel like that you're trying to constrict me. Uh, <laughs> if if, Sorry. if if it's a if it's just like a regular tote, it's it's probably too skinny and then it's gonna make me claustrophobic. So I can't <clears throat> be putting nothing in there. <laughs> uh, what, what would you say? What would you say made me start? Marshall, putting my clothes in the basket more consistently. She just said she just had to keep telling you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just don't know. It's not, like I said, it's not on purpose. Like, I don't think it's, yeah. I don't even think it's ever done with malicious intent, but like y'all both just it's said, not. like it wasn't something that y'all had. Like that was probably one of the first things when I moved out on my own, that was probably one of the first things I invested in was a laundry basket. And I've just always had one because the dirty clothes I have, I actually have three. I have one that is in my room. I have one that is specifically just for towels. And then I have another one that is downstairs in my laundry room. That one is for specifically clean clothes. The one in my room is dirty clothes. So the dirty clothes go, we sort it out, wash it. The empty one comes back up here. The clean one gets folded up. Now them clothes mates, they gonna they probably gonna sit in there for two to three business days once they come out of the dryer. Oh no, definitely. Uh, you know, that I'm working on it, but you know, they clean. <laughs> they they clean. Right. I got iron. Okay, so I'm gonna give you a most a more serious answer. 
Uh, I don't know if Raymond feel the same way, but so when I was in the military, mm-hmm. we had to have barracks checks every day. Mm-hmm. They would come in. They would come in your space and criticize your cleanliness, make you open your lockers, and if it wasn't too standard, a lot of times they'd throw everything out of there. So oh. for years uh, and days and hours, I had we had to with that thought of okay, they gonna they just uh, hell bent on tearing my life apart and making me feel small. Uh, when I got out, um, I wish somebody would tell me the the clean up. Okay, so that's that's <laughs> really that's what, what it might is. boil down to for y'all. That might be okay. I, that I can I can understand that. And then we can have a conversation. Like, I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but I did, we did get the laundry basket for the intention for the dirty clothes to go in it. So if you could, but now that I know the reasoning behind it, that, that makes sense. So, I mean, I probably wouldn't force the issue because I know what's behind it. But if you just tell me, be like, oh, well, I just, that's just where I took them off at. Okay. Cool. I think, I think where the growth comes in is that, the first part of the growth takes place when you begin to understand where where he's coming from or why he does the things that he does. But then growth it it stimulates the woman's mind when she brings the problem to you. No matter, how, <laughs> unfortunately, no matter how many times it's brought to you, mm-hmm. it's not changing. But then when you finally kick in and say, you know what? Okay, I I, I see that this is really bothering you, and I'm a, I'm a really I'm gonna really work on it. And then that you start to see that word being, you know, put on um, mm-hmm. or put into put into effect because she'll tell me like, oh, you, you really put your stuff away. And it's like, to me, it's like, I mean, yeah, you, you don't <laughs> want me to do this. But to her, she's like, man, I'm really glad. Right. I'm really glad you put your stuff away. And it just, it just makes things a lot easier. So when y'all both understand, you know, why, why how did you get here? Mm-hmm. And then he understands like, okay, this is what she wants. And, you know, let me work on it. Yeah, and I'm like I I always say I'm not perfect. There are things that I know for a fact is probably not the you know I being in the beauty like industry, uh, makeup is it's is very well loved in this household. Um, so I have already resigned myself to the fact that my spouse and I are going to have conversations about the bathroom and the counter space. So I'm working, good. I'm working on it. I am working on it. Um. Work in progress. That's all we'll say about that. It's work in progress. I was coming down that lane next. Why are you worried about my clothes? What about that uh, that counter in that bathroom? Okay, listen, listen, listen. <laughs> <laughs> I use it every day. Uh, I'm going to clean it. It's my bathroom, so I'm going to clean it when, when I get home. Uh, <laughs> we just need to have dual sinks. Bro, that's a great point, bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm where I'm sitting at. I can see my bathroom. My side of the sink is completely empty. <clears throat> and although my wife's stuff isn't scattered, it's just a lot of stuff over there. <laughs> it's a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> and we're not even talking about what's in the drawers. There is stuff that you use every single day as a part, like as a part of your regular beauty regimen. You wash your face. You put your moisturizer on. Eye cream, lip balm, toothpaste. Stuff that we just want to be readily accessible, um, that's always going to be there. <clears throat> then you have stuff that you might use, you know, not as 
often as regular as every day, but it still gets regular use. Like my makeup brushes are, well, I have a vanity, but, um, you know, they were previously on my sink because I wore makeup, you know, three, four times a week, maybe not every day. When I started working from home, it dwindled down to two times a week, but I'm going to keep that stuff to where I know what I have. Um, and sometimes it's just pretty and we just really want to see it. My perfume bottles are always out because they're pretty. I like the way they look. I just want to look at it. I just, I'm working on it. And then there's other things, you know, beauty is involved. You know, I got curling irons and blow dryers and flat irons and hot uh, rollers and flexi rods. And this cream is for this. And this hair gel is for that. And extensions. And listen, it's, it's a very involved being a woman, okay? It's very involved. It's very involved. So, you know, dual, I would highly recommend ample counter space and or dual vanities for, you know, peace of mind for everybody. <laughs> peace of mind for the, everybody. I think that's the best way to do it. Because <laughs> if it was just one sink, I don't know. And oh, if, it, if it was one sink, you probably have a sliver. I and I think and I think two closets is ideal uh, <laughs> because I don't throw my stuff in it may not be in the hamper but it's condensed in one area just <clears> on <throat> the closet I plead the fifth on the closet situation <laughs> if you don't look in the closet everything oh. <laughs> I ha well there's um in my house the, the closets are not large there are quite a few closets and they're not as large so I actually took one of the spare bedrooms and turned it into a closet because I have a lot of stuff I'm working on it I'm working on it oh, you see, know? Now, see now we see now we on the same page I haven't bought anything I will say that I haven't bought anything new in a while because I'm going through stuff and I'm like okay I don't need to buy anything because I need to wear what I currently have but nah, like there's, I had to turn a bedroom into a closet because shoes are my thing. So there is a wall of shoes. It's fine. Wow. I'm not going to judge you, but wow. It, <laughs> it's wow. fine. I, shoes are my thing. I'm not a big shopper, um, but shoes, we can, yeah. Clothes, eh, I'll pass. Shoes though, Absolutely. But I'm, I'm learning. Yeah, closet space. That's a big. That's a big deal breaker for a lot of people too. I'd be. I'm mm, like the closed mm. house. Mm -mm. Yeah, two closets, or at least a big enough closet to where everything and everybody has. This. Again, I'm all about individual, like everything being in its place. So as long as there's a big enough closet, you know where you know, you got everything hanging up or whatever is supposed to be in there, then I'm cool with it. I also right. believe in the sanctity of, like, the primary bedroom. I mean, it, my my house is clean. My room may look like a tornado, but my house is clean. You don't need to be in my room. It's my room. Precisely. But still put your clothes in the laundry basket. I'm just saying. Right. Just work on it. Just, you know. And then I believe you uh you started asking about uh washing clothes. Yes. Um, if we have a conversation about it and I really don't like your answers, I'm probably, <laughs> I'm probably gonna prefer you not to touch my clothes. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> what? 
I separate everything. Like my dark, my my dark clothes get uh, washed as blacks, uh, colored clothes, and then my white clothes, and then my grays. They all get washed separately. Oh, you you do the deep color coding? Yeah. So okay, I just I don't separate like, I, I don't like bleeding. I don't like bleeding clothes. I don't like dingy. I don't like none of that. I believe in white separating whites and darks. Um, not to that extent of full blown black, you know, colors, grays, or anything like that. But uh, you know, if you go- if you like laundry, go for it. I am not going to stop you at all. I mean, yeah, because if you doing laundry, that's just almost as good as cooking. So you you might <laughs> you might Listen. be on one. You, right you that you might be on to something right there if you because i i'm the person i'm gonna look at it i as we are speaking there is a load of towels in the clean laundry hamper that are waiting for me to go downstairs and pick up and put away am i going to do it absolutely not will i get to it eventually yep now i have a follow-up question about what since you just brought up your towels do you wash your towels with your clothes no i wouldn't would nobody no clothes then you have your intimates then you have your linen which is just sheets and then towels no towels and linens do not do not get washed together i was gonna have to reevaluate i was gonna have to reevaluate our friendship i'm so sick of it (laughs) no and then i separate my towels towels you got your light and your dark towels Mm -mm. i no. Mom, listen, I come from as parents who were raised in the South, so I'm a Southern girl at heart. I may have been born and raised in the Midwest, but I'm a Southern girl at heart. Absolutely not. That's probably why I feel the way I feel about the kitchen, but I think at some point in time, I put it on my prayer list that my husband really enjoyed laundry because that is not something I enjoy. I I don't have the clean part of OCD, but I have the 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 part that everything has to be done a specific way, or it's gonna it's gonna tear me up until I fix it. That definitely sounds like you enjoy laundry, so I would resign that over to you. Feel free, carry on, go for it. I I'd rather not do stop dishes you. and stuff than to do laundry. You say you rather do dishes? Yeah. I oh man, you wild. Dishes oh no, I will. I will happily clean that kitchen. Load and unload the dishwasher, walk down the countertops, the stove. I'll even mop the floor Listen. every day before I do some laundry. I'm tell you laundry is an all day thing. Like, I'm tell you I was a, I was about to wash the dishes one day. It was about ten years ago, probably, probably, not probably uh, earlier than, uh, longer than that. Um, the water was the water was cold. And it was murky already. I didn't want to stick my hand in there. I stuck I stuck my hand in there to take the stopper out and I touched wet bread. I would never watch this again. <laughs> and turned off from dishes ever since. Never watch this again. I use dishwasher every time. I don't care if it's three dishes, I'm putting it in dishwasher. <laughs> uh-uh. No, sir. So I don't wash dishes in the day. The traditional sense. I'll rinse everything off, all the dishes, and I'll stick them in the dishwasher, unload, load. You know, do whatever the case may be, but you sit and just do load after load in the laundry, just like putting them mm-hmm. in the washing machine, taking them out, putting them in the dryer, and taking those out, and then switching them. That's it's it's just an all day thing. Like 
Absolutely not. I will. This is depressing. I don't. I can wash my dishes more than not. I do have a dishwasher. I. I have to not really be feeling it that day. I just don't feel like the dishwasher gets the dishes that clean. So I be, I be in there busting suds. I didn't grow up with one. I was the dishwasher in my house, so I enjoy cleaning the kitchen. So no, but laundry. Listen, we got that again. That's part of that conversation up front, sir. How do you feel about laundry? Just give me your thoughts on it. Talk to me about it, and then I can determine if this is going to go any further. Because Somebody got to do it. And if you wait for me to do it, we're going to be ironing a lot. Right. A lot. And then lastly, don't touch my grill and don't touch my grass. You ain't even got to worry about it, sir. You don't have to worry about it. I will marinate the chicken, the steak, whatever you don't, want. Don't touch the food that I'm cooking or nothing. <laughs> don't worry about it. Get out of there. I'm not finna touch nothing. Grill. And you don't have to worry about that grass because I'm be looking at you like, do you need a lemonade or water? You want me to get you a towel so you can go out there and cut it? What you trying to do? <laughs> I, absolutely not. Who? I'm not a traditional man in that sense. Um, I I pay for convenience. I pay for time. Really, is what it's doing. Mm-hmm. I don't like I don't like being hot. Um, <laughs> oh, you will never you will never catch me outside. You will never catch me outside cutting grass. I, I pay to get my grass cut. I pay to get my cars washed. I, yeah, it's just not happening. I be, I <laughs> can't do it now because I'm not doing it. If you wait for yeah. me to do it, my grass would be six feet high. I'm, who is gonna yeah. get out there and cut some grass? I did that That's as I did that growing up. I know how to do it. Am I gonna do it? Absolutely not, because there are people you. out there whose ministry it is for long exactly. period. Exactly. Let me support that why. ministry. <laughs> Let me tell you why I don't cut grass and why I haven't cut grass since. So when I first got, I used to cut grass occasionally at home, and then I did it for a summer one time just to make some more money. But what what killed my whatever part of me that cut grass? I, when I first got to Germany, got off the got off the plane, I got to the base. And you remember Siren Thompson? Mm-hmm. I walked in the office. She said hello. Or did you just get here? I said, yes. She's like, have you been assigned a room or anything yet? I said, nope, just got off the plane. Well, let me tell you, until you get a room, let me tell you what you need to do. Put those bags right there and go grab one of them lawnmowers. I got off a 10-hour flight. Came to <laughs> Thanks, and after you. that, oh, y'all got <laughs> after that, I said, no, I'll never cut grass again. Mm-mm. That Again, that is something I can yeah, get behind and respect, and that is okay. <laughs> we can pay somebody. I am fine it's too, with it's too that. I, can be, getting that time back is something. Again, I think that there should be conversations about that. My friends used to look at me crazy when I told them that I hired a housekeeper. Girl, yeah, I, know to, I know how to clean the house, <laughs> and I do it very well. But that doesn't mean that I always have time to do it. I'm busy. I work a full-time job. I also run my own business. I'm very involved in my ministry. I am not home. So, yeah, I hire somebody to come in twice a month, and it's just maintenance. I deep That's clean all it is. You're not dirty already, yeah. Right. I so. deep clean my own house. She does a wonderful, wonderful job on my bathrooms. And you, sometimes I'll have her do, you know, floors and baseboards and stuff like that. But the deep cleaning stuff, oh, no, baby, that's my realm. Mm-mm. But uh, yeah, but conversations again are very important. I'd be sitting there, sir. Do you know how to cut grass, or how do you feel about it? 
that's one very I'm and one of the other questions I always ask is about do you know how to change a tire? Yeah, I don't care if you don't do it, but you need to know how to do it just in yeah. case for whatever reason you yep. can't pay to get it done. Be like, say, if I be if I get an emergency situation, like if I pick up the phone and call you, are you coming or are you sending somebody else who knows how to do it? Those are those are big for me. Like I don't want to. Okay, sure. Now, I will say this because I didn't grow up with a dad. I've always I'm I'm 100% used to seeing people come to the house to fix things, plumbing, you know, if we lived in apartments, having maintenance men come in. I, I've always that's all I've seen. I've never seen someone just do stuff like I've never been taught. So now that I've been married and we have a home, and um, I think the very probably the biggest project that I've done so far that I felt like super excited about, I put a new sink in, and like you couldn't tell me nothing or not a new sink. Come new, on like, here, Mister Plumber. So you know. Obviously, most every man should know how to change a tire. Now, if you're just not a handyman, then obviously it's understandable. But changing a tire, like yeah. that's that's the minimum. That, life, that's the baseline. There are some basic life skills that yeah. I just expect you as a man to have. Changing a tire is one of them. Do I know how to do it? Yes. Am I going to do it again? No. I have AAA for that. I yeah. I'm also the girl, but you know, my, my mom, I was raised in a single parent household. So there are a lot of things that my mom instilled to make sure that I knew how to do cutting grass is one of them. That's why I don't do it now. Absolutely not. You, I don't like to be outside. I believe in air conditioning. So if you love nature, we don't have to talk about it because I really don't want to go camping at all. I don't want to go fishing. I, I don't, I would rather sit in the house and we can watch a documentary on it. Oh, be in nature. Yeah, so you see, there's no reason for there to be a, a first. I don't know how deep. I don't know how deep you want to get on the first day. I didn't have those struggles. No. I didn't get to experience that part, you know. But the favorite color thing, it has to be so dead at this point in life. Like, there's so many other things that we can that you can know each other. establish and get to know. I don't ask those questions. How um, old are we? <laughs> right. right. Are, are we twelve? No, I don't. Not on the first date. Um, those sort of questions and things like that come with longevity. I really think you know within ninety days. I I don't know. My dad always told me that a man knows within the first thirty seconds of meeting a woman if there's going to be if he wants to pursue anything long term. After that initial meeting, he knows within a month if there's going to be really anything beyond that and I that's just something that I've always just held on to so I really believe in 90 days if we've been you know casually seeing each other we can start to have those deep heartfelt conversations you know about three months in usually between 90 and 120 days that's when people let the mask slip and they show you who they really are under the right conditions mm-hmm. um I make all my I make all my decisions in threes. Emphasis on under the right uh, right conditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, under threes, what do you mean? So if we, if there is constant communication and we are in the rapport is is going well and we are like really like uh, taking the time to get to know each other. Um, Within three days, I know I know that okay, uh, my focus is you. Um, 
within three weeks, I know that okay, uh, now no nobody else is getting any of my time. Um, and then I'm I'm pretty positive saying within three months, uh, hmm. the type of conversation I have, I know I know if she's marriage material for me or not. We need to make a a status that I can share a condensed explanation of what she just said the three 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 rule three days three weeks three months three days would be you know like the initial i i like that like the initial um that initial spark there Mm -hmm. and then you have the three weeks which is are we do i like you or am i lusting and then three months like am i serious or not right it's, it's not as hard. I think dating um, with intention is not as hard as people really make it seem to be. But because a lot of people aren't even dating with the proper intentions nor the right motive, that's what makes it hard. Right. So I, I that but that's why I said earlier, when a man knows, he knows. But it's the same with a woman. We know too. We absolutely know. I know within oh very very quickly within meeting a man if i'm going to give him my number and if i do give him the number based off of that yeah probably those first few conversations i'll know everything i need to know as far as if i'm going to give him the time of day mm-hmm. so so this is a question for both of you um as a as a man and as a woman does the approach matter whether it's like social media or in person or as a man do you prefer to to approach a woman via social media or are you still the traditional like if i see you out you know i'm gonna you know take take the time out to to say something to you like do you like as a woman do you like being approached in public um i don't have a problem with it as long as it's done decently and in order I don't have a problem being approached in public or on social media. Um, my, to be honest, my preference is in person. Uh, I used to tell people I like to meet people in the wild. I just think that people spend a lot of time on social media living this persona or giving you not the, the real reality of things. That's a snippet of, you know, an end result or, the finish line. It's not always the stuff that goes into it. So I honestly prefer to meet people in person. Um, While I prefer men to be, I guess in this case, I don't know if this is the right word, but the aggressor, I also don't have a problem with, you know, sliding them in my business card either. Okay. That makes sense. But you don't, I mean, you know, I feel like you don't see it a lot these days. I feel like women always want you know, oh, well, I'm the prize, and it's just like, well, if this ex, you know, if this man has all this stuff going for him, are you really the prize? <laughs> like, yeah, these these are things that you're seeking, you know, why why can't both parties, you know, be, be the, the prize? Yeah. I think, because I think people twist um, a lot of scripture, because it says he who findeth a wife findeth a good thing. I think women use that to their advantage, like, oh, well, I'm the good thing, so... I'm supposed to be, he's supposed to pursue and chase me. But I think naturally men are naturally the aggressors. I I do think that. But in this day and age, I don't 
see, think that there's anything wrong with me being the more assertive party. I don't. If they're if I'm at a you know a restaurant or something, and me and the man are across the room and we catch each other's eye, I don't have a problem sending him a drink. I don't have a problem sending my business card with the waitress. Oh, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem doing any of that because you never know. He might be shy or he might not be picking up on the signals that I'm interested. It might be one of those things you don't know. And the answer to every unasked question is no. So how am I going to know if he's even interested in me? Somebody got to take the first step. So if he's not going to do it, that's fine because that doesn't necessarily mean that he won't be the dominant within the relationship. Right. If that makes sense. So once, once, so your whole thing is, I'll let you know that I'm interested. And now yeah. it's on you to continue to pursue. Like yep. you, you have the open, you have the okay now to. The ball to, is now in your court. Right. So what you going to do with it? I got you. Yeah. I got you. Well, let me, I'm just going to go assume you, you know, you're an old man. <laughs> I know you don't see the whole social media thing. Well, it, per I se, per se, for the most part. I just deleted all those accounts. I tried really? for a long time. It just didn't work. It's too easy. It's too easy to have time to think about your answer. Oh, yeah. That's, too, that's a good point. That's a very good point. I long. I long for the for the days when you could just walk up to somebody and uh, be like, "Wow, you are beautiful," and she'd be like, "Oh my god," or he'd be like, uh, 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 "Oh, thank you for saying I'm handsome," or so whatever, what have you. And then she'd be like, uh, "I'm just, I'm talking from my my perspective now." And then she'd be like, uh, "Oh, thank you. You ain't too bad looking yourself." And then you'd be like, uh, "What you doing right now?" She said nothing. Little grass lunch. I I miss those days. Yeah. I walked well, up on. I walked up on a female about three months ago. I said, uh, I said, you are very beautiful. She said, what's wrong with you? Ooh. Like, okay, never mind. Oh. I'm gonna continue on with my day now. Right. You have a good day. Well, excuse oh. me, though. <laughs> Some of it, I think women don't approach men either because we don't really have game. I'm going to just be honest. Yeah, we Not a lick of we it. We just need to know. We just need to know that it's okay to, to, to come. To and that's why, some, that's why a lot of times I'll be, I will just take that initiative and let you know, like, yeah, like, I saw you see me see you, so it's okay for you to come talk to me now. But, like, right. going up and, you know, <laughs> I was... I talked to some of my guy friends about this, but one of my guy friends, he asked me that. He was like, so if you were to like holler at a dude, what would you say? I'd be like, I don't know. I probably would just be like, hey, um, I just think you're really handsome. I'm like, I, women were not. I just feel like some, in those situations, majority of women are very awkward. Like we don't have any game because we just never have really had to. Like we've never had to be the aggressor in those instances, so I just be like, I don't know. I probably just be like, hey, but I like your shirt or something or whatever. I don't know. But I, but I'm gonna let you know as uh, uh, as a woman, you don't have to say anything. Like you could, you could say in, you could say one word and anything. and it only gotta be nothing like a compliment or nothing. <laughs> we unfortunately we oh, are okay. Like. Very easy. 
Like we're not loose. Well, some or like well, some of us not loose, but we easy. Okay, I, like, I, you I, can walk I up, it. You can walk up to me and say blue, and <laughs> and I'd be like, well, what you talking about blue? My favorite color blue. <laughs> I'm ready to talk. Okay, it's, it's, it's simple. Like <laughs> oh, okay. we because the, the world the world is so into it. Way too much. The world is sensitive these days. So when a guy trying to talk to a girl in public and she she can automatically make him seem all small. Like, why are you talking to me? Or like, can That's I so can rude. I help you with something? Like, or you know, and it's just like it's not even that deep. Like the only way I know if you might be into I have to come say something to you. You know, I don't want to feel like I have to come up with this creative, crazy pickup line. Please don't. Trying to talk to you. (laughs) I don't get me wrong. I think some of the pickup lines are cute. I really do, and I will laugh. And like sometimes that's your way in. But like I would much rather you just approach me genuinely. Like just if you if you think I'm pretty, just come up to me and you'd be like, "Excuse me, miss. I just you know you something along those lines." Is I, I yes, I do agree with you that people are extremely sensitive these days, and like you can't even so much a smile at somebody without it turning into a problem. But and but that's another reason why I prefer in person interaction. It's right. just social media has become something that I don't think it was ever designed to be, and people rely on that far more than having a conversation. I am very adamant about being able to conversate with somebody about any and everything. We don't have to agree on everything, but we should be able to have an intellectual conversation. That's why I hate texting. Please don't WID me because I will block you. Yeah, we told for that too. I will block you. Like, what you doing or especially if the conversation even through text message is monotonous or routine and there's no variety like i sir i will block you (laughs) i will ghost you and move on and you'll be like i wonder what happened to that girl i was talking to you were dry that's what happened I text i text i use uh semicolons commas periods uh Question marks. Yeah. All that good stuff. Please use the punctuation. Yeah. Text me if, if you feel the need to text. Please text me a paragraph. Now I'm gonna say ain't. I'm gonna say ain't and got no in the in the text, but it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, articulated well. That's which is fine as long as you can articulate. People just don't know how to speak to one another. They rely on these phones and it irks my nerves when people tell me they don't like to talk on the phone because that lets me know you don't like to talk so how do you expect to get to know somebody if you don't want to talk to them right, like we're not gonna get on the phone and you're just gonna be quiet the whole time i don't want to oh. listen to you breathe i can't talk to anybody else but me uh-uh. i can't stand talking on the phone if you're gonna talk, talk come talk so we talk in person let's go talk let's go somewhere to talk in person that's fine too that's i the- love i love facetime like i w- my friends they know we gonna get on the phone especially if we're catching up let's just go out to eat or I'll FaceTime you. One of my best friends, she lives back in Ohio. So we have to FaceTime, but I want to, yeah, I talk on the phone for a living, so I don't have a problem with it, but no, I don't. See, I don't be doing no FaceTime neither because cameras don't do me justice. 
So no. I, 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 let him know, I let him know up front. You got to come. You got to see me in person. Don't you get me on? Don't try to get me on that camera. You're gonna lose your blessing because you because you're gonna get the wrong impression of me. What? Cameras make me ugly. I don't know why. <laughs> make me real ugly. I like the uh, shrink. Oh, we Jesus. It might just be the angles. It might just be the, the camera at 10 pounds. It could just be, it also could be the angles. I have realized that um, majority of women, we are more thoughtful about the angles in which we take pictures or FaceTime or things like that. People see you from eye level, not you know, down here at your chin. So it could just be your angle. This man said, you're going to lose your blessing if you get on FaceTime. I am weak, okay? <laughs> Deceased. Just see me in person. That's all that's, I for you. That's, a, I'll be honest, that's basically a really good pickup line. That is. Don't FaceTime me. Why don't we just meet for lunch? I, I could rock with it. Yeah. I could rock with it. I wouldn't be mad at it. I wouldn't be either. I wouldn't be. Now, I do want to know for y'all, as far as dating is concerned, um, how does that work as far as if you ask her out, do you pay for the whole date? Do you go Dutch? Or if she asks you out, like, what's the expectation there? Um, for me personally, um, I think the first, like, well, when I know when I first started dating my wife, I think the first few times I probably paid, but she's also the kind of person that she'll pay too. Like, it's not, or like, if we, you know, if we're doing a multiple part thing, like, I'll get this and you get that, or sometimes she'll grab the whole thing. But if it if it's that initial date, that first date, and you know, especially if you're you're interested in her and you're trying to take her out somewhere, then I I feel like the guy should pay now if it's just like an all the time thing i just feel like that's a sign of uh it's it's all about me type of thing it's you know you can never you know grab the tab here and there and it's not that because he can't pay it it's you know men like, like to be treated too yeah even though men won't say it but it's, it's appreciated at the end of the day yeah. okay. but initially yeah initially you gotta you gotta set the tone okay Okay. Uh, well, I probably already know how you feel about Lemmy. You probably <laughs> over here, like, why would not they? Um. Well, you know, um, I got something I'm working on. Um, the Lord's still working on me with it, but uh, <laughs> um, as just as a rule of thumb, unless we are in, unless we are in a relationship, I don't let a woman buy me anything or do anything for me uh, involving monetary things. Uh, I don't know why I just can't let that happen. Um, but as far as the dating wise, uh, I'm fully set on paying for the date. I I don't care. I pay for like I mean that's just my mindset. However, uh, when it comes time to pay, I immediately watch you out the corner of my eye. And I'm looking for the maneuver or the mannerism as if you're moving. Act like, like you're gonna grab it. <laughs> if if you make the gesture like you're gonna grab it, or uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to set up a second date. If not, yeah, this is our last date. Really? Yep. 
even if you're the one that initiated the even if you right even if you asked her out yeah huh you know and you want to know why i say that yeah i need to know why yeah um because i believe that if you go on a date with somebody the interest should be in the person and the the action that you show is a reflection of your, your interest if you if you don't if I, I feel like if you don't move as if you uh as if you want to uh impress me quote unquote then you know like you you're not you're not interested in me like that i i agree i didn't think i was going to disagree with you tonight I can I I agree for the most part. I just think that like just because I'm paying for the day, it doesn't mean that you're not interested in me. Like I, mm-hmm. I'll be able to tell throughout the night if you're really interested. Like if we're, you know, constantly just talking about you and the conversation is centered around you and you're not really making an effort to have a make this conversation a two way street, then mm-hmm. I'm probably not gonna wanna go on a second date with you, like, yeah, okay, you know, I pay for dinner or whatever. It's not a big deal. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's a, if it's the constant back and forth and you know, you you're really interested in knowing about what I have going on or where I come from or things like that, then it, it just makes me more inclined to just wanna pay and wanna treat you because you know, I appreciate it. Now hopefully at some point in time you're like, Hey, you got the first date, let me go ahead and take care of the second date or, you know, whatever the case may be. Something along those lines. But if it's like because you, you, you can tell, you can tell as men and the, the girls that we've dated and, you know, we can tell when a girl is really interested or if it's just a, you know, well, you asked me out, so I guess I'll go. Type of thing. Yeah, because I'm going to be, I, I'll be honest with you, if you ask me out, then that's already been, in my mind, it's already been established. Now, will I still bring and be able to carry my own? Yeah, because I'm not about to leave my house and be without but for me if you ask me out then you have already set the precedent that you are handling this so I'm going to allow you to lead now if we do go ahead and set up a second date then at that point yeah I'll you know I'll probably grab the tab or you know see how you want to handle that I'll probably even ask you like so I know you pay for the first date and this is our second date do you you know, I can cover the check this time or how do you want to handle that? Like, I would do something like that, but if you ask me out, I just, that's just my thought that, yeah, you would pay. It'd be the same if I asked you out. Like, if right. I ask you to go somewhere, in my mind, I'm, I want your presence there. Like, I got it covered, but I want your presence. Right, I need you. Men, are, men aren't used to being dated, especially in our community. Mm-hmm. We're used to being told that we have to provide. Right. It. It's, it's we're the ones paying for everything. So it, it, it's not often. I, I've never, not that it's mattered to me, but I've never put myself in that kind of position. But I've never had a girl just say, hey, you know what? I want to take you out tonight. Or I want to take you dinner or take you to a movie or this this sports team is coming in town. You want to go watch this game or something like that. Now, my wife has, because that's just the kind of person she is. But, mm-hmm. you know, the average person in our community it just doesn't happen. That's never happened to me. Um, it just doesn't happen. But then I, I wish will, it would happen more. I will say um, my stance is my stance is predicated on the way that I uh, interact going towards going towards dating. I don't hop into dating. I don't hop into going out and things like that. There has to be a rapport 
established first. I I don't I don't go to movies. I don't go to dinner and all this stuff just because we just met each other. Like no, we got to have something established. There has to be a established before I move on to that level because I don't waste time like that. Right. Everything I do is intentional. Right. I right. date I date one at a time. Like I don't I don't do multiple people. Why? It's it uh it's just too much work for me. Like I, I mean like I don't I don't really care for it. It's hard okay. to focus on on multiple people because yeah. women every woman is different. You know, um, I've I've never been able to date just you know most people either. Um, and you know of course you get judged for that kind of stuff growing up and like oh you don't get girls and blah blah. It's not it's like it's not even about that. It's just about. I got to worry about, I'm still trying to learn this girl mm-hmm. and everything she wants, all her emotions, all her feelings, because you guys are emotional ball. That's what women are. Yeah. And to have, to have multiple of that, therapy <laughs> is what I would need. <laughs> like, I just can't imagine. Like, I see how my sisters are, and it's just like, I don't see how guys deal with some of y'all. Like, y'all are emotional beings. Like, that's, y'all think emotionally. Like, that's... Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's tough so to 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 have multiple girls off now i don't see how people do it I i'm think not it's better to focus on one at a time see i think that's in terms of building with somebody but i mean just having like you know going for a drink or coffee with somebody i consider that a date so that's why i said multiple people like yeah why not but i mean building with somebody no absolutely one at a time for that very reason your focus and the intention behind it should be to build with that one person but you know i think also the other thing maybe this is because i was younger and my financials weren't what they are now but to just be dating different people that means i'm constantly paying for dates (laughs) like i just feel like that's a lot of money just constantly being it's almost like a bill almost if, mm. if you're a serial, if you're a serial dater, now if you just date occasionally, you know then it might not be as bad. But if you're one of those people who like to just meet different people, and you know, do whatever, I feel like that's almost like a, a monthly expense right there. At that point, if you if you're doing it like that to be a serial dater, you might as well just join yeah. a social club of some sort. Yeah, but yeah, no, I meant that. like in terms of you know, you see somebody, you make you know some sort of connection. You know, and you go for coffee or you go for ice cream or, you know, it's like, I'm simple. Like, to be honest, the the bigger stuff doesn't really move me so much as the little stuff. Like, I had a first date. We went and had pizza. That's my, pizza is my favorite food. I love pizza and wings. And that's what we did. We went and we had pizza and wings and we were able to talk. So it wasn't, because to me, it's not the amount of money that spent. It's, again, the intentionality behind us going out. I have been on right. several coffee dates. I have had ice cream. I'm not the 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 big lengthy four course meal and all of that. That's great. Don't get me wrong. I love a good dress up moment. I live for it. But I get more out of or I found that I have gotten more out of dating in those simpler dates than I have being with the dude who wants, you know, to go to, you know, Ruth Chris or, you know, places like that. 
Right. So maybe, you know, it, but I do agree with you on the financial standpoint, but that's why I said, if I ask you out, you know, like, Hey, would you like to have a, a cup of coffee? You know, I'll cover your, you know, your Starbucks or your Dunkin' or, you know, your local coffee house, whatever you want to get your tea, whatever. I don't mind doing that. I asked you out. So I think it's just I reciprocity. Agree. I think it might just be reciprocity in it. Like if the mutual attraction is there, then reciprocate. Yeah, reciprocate. Treat him. Especially if he's a good one. He deserves it. Oh, most definitely. So, so for me, I think I like so my mind thinks like if I'm if I'm uh dating or or talking to uh multiple people, how am I how do I know that I'm that I'm giving uh giving them an honest effort and seeing who is going to be the potential one if I'm if I'm if I'm um uh, stretching myself like that? Um because I know because my uh, the truth is I wear my heart on my sleeve and I fall fast, so I think mm. I I can't put myself in situations where I'm dating multiple people because that's gonna frazzle me. That's gonna put me in a whole bunch of different types of toss ups and I don't know what I got going on. That's why I date with intentionality. I really don't use the word date, and y'all gonna really think I'm like old and, and stuff like that. But I I court. I don't date. That's what it's. That's what it is. Courting, I, I there. I think that there's a difference between dating and courting. I think when you're dating, you are getting to know somebody to see if it could be more. I believe courting is when there are things established. Um, you know, some people might call it, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend, or exclusively, you know, dating or whatever you want to call it. But courtship is completely different than dating to me. I I believe that dating is, you know, you kind of have to get to know the fish in the pond to see, you know, what you like, weed out, you know, the things that you don't want. And then when you're courting, that's exclusivity to me. That means as you and this person 